hey, this is just a reminder that we will be at the Austin Classic Game Fest here at the end of July. That is July the 30th and 31st, Saturday and Sunday, uh, doing a live show on Sunday, July the 31st. Um, and we would love to see you. So if you're in the South or if you can get there, uh, now's a great time to start looking. Uh, go to ClassicGameFest.com and uh, check out the details for that. And we're only able to do live shows like this because of our wonderful supporters at Patreon.com slash DuckFeedTV. Once again, that is Patreon.com slash DuckFeedTV, where a couple of bucks a month helps us be able to do cool stuff and get out to meet a bunch of you. So yeah, we really appreciate it. And now for the show. This is the final round of the Cutthroat Kitchen Ultra Lush Showdown Spectacular. Here we have Chef Razor. Y'all, y'all know me. I'm Chef Razor. Straight out of Vault 3 with taters and tea. I am here to dominate. I know my dish is going to impress the hell out of that chef. And I have faith in my strong Italian heritage. And Chef Mortimer. Yes. Let's just say that I'm honoring my strong Italian heritage as well. The home field advantage will serve me well. <laughs> and our judge for this round is Simon Bajundar Eternal. He is a food writer and critic and the culinary ambassador to the Capital Wasteland. Hello, Simon. Chefs. Your dish today will be to serve me the perfect Brahmin Wellington. Mmm. Well, well, Wellington. Uh, Brahmin Wellington, tough, delicious, Stringy, hard to prepare, but delicious if properly executed. He knows nothing about what you've had to endure, and guess what? He doesn't care! Tell him what you care. That it looks great, that it tastes great, and chefs, it better remind me of a Brahmin Wellington. Here we go. Chef tell your tale. Uh, well, Chef, uh, what we have here is a, a deconstructed Brahmin fritter biscuit... Uh, with marinara shavings as kind of a tribute to my Italian heritage on the side. Uh, bon appetit. Chef, you do have some excellent flavors here. Uh, the Brahmin is well cooked. However, it is a tad salty. Uh, I'm getting something hot here that, that doesn't quite belong. It's kind of overpowering the dish. Man, if only Simon knew that I had all my tools replaced with Cazador reproductive organs and had to cook in power armor. Thank you, Chef. Moving down the line, uh, Mortimer, tell us about your dish. I have here a uh, traditional Brahmin Wellington uh, with my secret ingredient that is a that is a nod to my strong Italian heritage. <laughs> this meat, Chef, it's strange. It's kind of gamey. It's hard to put my finger on, but there's something strange about it. I'm, I'm not sure. Yes, yes. It's <laughs> it's human. This is human flesh, Chef. You've, you've served me human flesh. Did you really not think that Simon Majumdar has tried human flesh? The jig is up. Oh, fuck this. Damn, dog. You just shot Alt plus N, A52A2A. <laughs> nice shooting, Chef. Very forceful. Not very accurate, however. I'd like to see a little bit more iron sights. And I will be reborn. Time and time again. I did it. So much meat. I'm going to return to the old ways. I've earned the Cutthroat Kitchen Champion perk. My nana would be so proud. 
My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a retro game podcast. Yes, and this week uh, we are concluding the main body of our Fallout New Vegas discussion with uh, some talk about the Fallout New Vegas DLC. All four packs, Dead Money, uh, Honest Hearts, Old World Blues, and Lonesome Road, which came out over the course of like, I think like 2010, 2011 for, uh, for all yeah. the systems. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, one of the first, um, I mean, I guess I did this with Fallout 3 as well, but the Fallout games were some of the first, like, DLCs I followed. Mm-hmm. So I, I you know, I, there weren't season passes then, but I <laughs> I just, you know, bought them as they came out and was really excited. Yeah. And stuff, and I uh, was mostly rewarded Yeah. Uh, for, for these. These are, I think, the on average, these are really good uh, DLCs. Yeah. Wrap things up really nicely. Mo- mo- most certainly. And so these are, um, um, these are all kind of their own little worlds. Uh, that you're kind of taken off to. And uh, these have uh, very uh, kind of distinct stories that all uh, kind of like wrap up into kind of one like meta story um, over over it. There's a lot of foreshadowing and kind of connection, um, you know, between a handful of these, uh, specifically with a character they're going to meet uh, kind of uh, tied up at the very end in uh, in Lonesome Road. Yeah. And and these also um, so the they also have kind of their own gameplay mechanics. To them as well, they kind of do different things. So we'll we'll talk about them as we as we get to them. Um, yeah. so they introduce new mechanics and new companions and everything. And I'm real excited because it's mm-hmm. it's really great content. It kind of took one of the big unanswered questions in New Vegas. You know, so New, new Vegas is about a nobody who's put in this world with all the stuff going around, and this answers the question of like who you are, right? Kind of uh, kind of between these different things, and also who some of these other people were who are kind of movers and shakers on the peripheral, mm-hmm. uh, who are finally kind of fleshed out. Yeah. Um, and most of them are successful. Yeah. Um, <laughs> boy, we're going to talk. Like, if Honest Hearts is like your favorite thing in the world, look out, listener. <laughs> like, because uh, we're going to say mean things about it. Yep. Um, we're going to do these in release order, which means we have a brief reprise before getting <laughs> to the Honest Hearts uh, boredom corridor uh, <laughs> with uh, Dead Money. On silver screen. Melts my foolish heart in every single scene. Although I'm quite aware that here and there are traces of the cat about the boy. Lord knows I'm not a fool. Yes, Dead Money. Um, so this one, you know, much like in uh, uh, Fallout 3, there are radio signals that kind of like draw you um, toward them, um, you know, towards the places where you can go in. And very kindly, they tell you, hey, you may or may not be able to come back. Uh, here's what you, uh, you know, need to kind of keep in mind so you're not going to kind of like get shanghai 
um, well, and, and what level you should be at. Oh, yeah, no, it's, definitely. It's, it's very kind. It gives you an opportunity to back out. It tells you whether or not you can leave mm-hmm. um, partway through. Like, they're, like, if you have them all installed, when you start the game, you're going to have all these. The last time I played through them, I went to them right from Good Springs mm-hmm. just to see if you could and play down normal, and it was a really fun challenge. Um, but it is not recommended for, like, a first-time player. Like, you should wait for the level. The level things. Josh are going to come out of these with game-breaking gear um, <laughs> in almost every case. Yeah. Because uh, that's that's what happens in, uh, you know, uh, Obsidian and uh, uh, Bethesda DLCs. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what they do. Um, also, these are all, um, I think with the exception of Honest Hearts, very difficult. Um, even yes. for their level a little bit. Like some of the uh, the, the, the gameplay curveballs they throw at you will, uh, will short circuit your usual strategies. Playing through on hard and being uh, high enough level to beat the main game and do all of the, almost all the other DLCs. Um Actually, all the other DLCs, I did it last. Um, I had to change my difficulty level down for Old World Blues. Hmm. Um, so I was very high level, had done everything else, had tons of perks and <laughs> stuff, and could not play Old World Blues on hard Yeah, at that point because uh, I was I ran out of ammo. Yeah. Uh, uh, not so MLG, MLG are you now, Butterfield? No, I, I, I used to be. I'm retired <laughs> now. I, I used to be. It's like I got a, a injury in my hammy. <laughs> You're out the game. Yeah, my, my ACL got torn, and now I can't MLG anymore. Cut down in your prime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's true. I'm going to go to that retirement village that all of the the athletes have gone from getting uh, professionally beat up for a living. Um, <laughs> that makes me sad. I assume there's some kind of farm. Um, I, don't, I don't actually know. Especially uh, after uh, Muhammad Ali passed away. Yeah, but yeah. I, I guess that joke is in poor taste now that somebody has died who was a great man who like professionally got punched in the face. Yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, it doesn't make him not a good good guy. Right. Um, like conscientious uh, objectors yeah the um yeah so uh, so you're given a warning uh, you head over to this radio signal there's this abandoned brotherhood of steel bunker um advertising the sierra madre casino it's like a, this one's like an in-world advertisement yes and uh you go down to this bunker there's a couple of little interesting things on your way that we're going to revisit a little bit later but the main thing is you walk towards this golden slot machine that's <laughs> under a spotlight it's a really nicely framed shot yep <laughs> and you uh you get hit by knockout gas <laughs> hey look and then yeah yeah <laughs> you're down <laughs> Yep. And uh, and Boone's like, oh, I'm not doing this. <laughs> well, uh, later. I yeah. Don't, I don't know who this Nightkin is, but fuck that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm out. Um, <laughs> Just ride, get... rides Eddie like he's a, like he's a hippity hop. Oh, man. I didn't even think about riding Eddie. <laughs> or even just pretending to ride Eddie. There's a Facebook group that's like riding dogs but pretend no hurt, though, or something like that. <laughs> it's just like pictures of pretending people pretending to ride dogs. Um, it's pretty good. <laughs> Like pretend not for real, don't hurt or something like that. (laughs) Is is this part of the uh, part of the pupper web ring? It is like the pupper. It's it's part of the bork bork web ring that I'm like pretty into. The thing about that stuff is it's real memey, but it's also like the best source for cute pictures of animals. Well, yeah. Like it's it's like even if you get sick of sick of memes, which like boy, as a 35 year old who's like just getting into memes, I feel like a real (laughs) piece of shit. Um, even if that wasn't true, like there's just tons of cute pictures of things. Like I am, I am so sensitive to cute animals now in a way oh, yeah. it wasn't when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Like, absolute pocket full of kryptonite right there. Um, <laughs> this, this, uh, this gets uh, it gets its own uh, like title card, like introduction thing. Most of really these great. do. Yeah, it's super cool, super cinematic too. Like they get uh, they, they they get like opening vo kind of explaining um, what's happening um, in all of them. In this case, like Sierra Madre, like this really ritzy place that on the eve of the war was about to open. 
Um, but then, mm. uh, uh, you know, the war f- froze it like a flashbulb going off. And this is kind of like a very attractive target for, uh, you know, scavengers, you know, looking to hit it big. But uh, they really hit the uh, they hit the thesis pretty hard. Like getting to it's not the hard part, although it's still pretty hard. Uh, it's letting go. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. And, and for some reason, like I usually don't like it when a voiceover or a character just like looks at the camera and says the thesis mm-hmm. of these things. I lo- this uh, dead money is super resonant with me. Mm-hmm. as like a thing like i the emotionalism of this this story is really great and yes. really works for me so it doesn't bother me right like i find this like to be genuinely like a really heartbreaking kind of great story mm-hmm. um so you uh you get sent here and you're in, a, in front of a fountain where father elijah appears as a hologram yes you'll remember father elijah was alluded to he was the brotherhood uh, uh kind of uh what overseer I forget. He, he was, yeah, he wasn't the the elder. Um, yeah. He was somewhere above the the elder. I want to say. Yeah, yeah, but he he was like the uh, like the Mojave Brotherhood leader who attempted to hold Helios one. He's a he was a Veronica's mentor. Um, yes, and uh, he is kind of fascinated with just all of this uh, kind of old world technology, like even more so than uh, than Brotherhood. He doesn't want to just kind of like grab it and hold on to it. You know, uh, to yeah, make sure best of, yeah, he wants to may basically get a hold of it and make the same mistakes over and over yes. again. Yeah. Um, and he is a real piece of shit. Yeah, he, he's an <laughs> awful character. Like he's a bad person. Yeah, like yeah. to the point where I want like just it doesn't make sense that Mer- that Veronica would have rolled with him. Like he he has to have you know because I, I I know Mar- I know Veronica you know she's yeah. just just great but well, she'll uh, go along with anybody you could go- show up like the biggest piece of shit <laughs> in the actual game like I eat people and she'd be like great let's go look at stuff <laughs> so Veronica's not a good judge of company yeah um, good good judge of character but I think that he snapped I think the idea is that he was not this big of a piece of shit hmm. before and losing Helios kind of did it to him yeah um. And he explains the rules and the kind of the gimmicks of this section of the game. <laughs> um, you have a bomb collar. Yeah. So, uh, so you're, yeah. you're, you are a running man. Yes. You're, you're a running man. Um, <laughs> or you've been deadlocked, uh, which is a, <laughs> like a made for TV movie. I think about like when people get married, they get bomb collars. It's Maybe like no. Also ratchet and uh, ratchet and crank deadlocked was the, uh, was the arena shooter where they oh. had the same premise. You had a, uh, an exploding collar. <laughs> yeah. Boy, people got a lot of, a lot of mileage out of that rhyme. Um, <laughs> So, uh, and, and he says like, Hey, you know, I brought you here, um, you know, to do this for me, I brought many people here and they keep dying, <laughs> you know? So he's, he's putting a sociopath card, like right out on front street. Yeah. Um, and there's some other people who got here, uh, who you're going to have to gather up to perform a heist. Right. I need, I need you to get me into the Sierra Madre, which I'm down. I'm down with a heist. <laughs> I love a heist. Yeah. God, even like, no matter how stupid it is, like, I'll go see like a, like, I like a heist movie. Mm-hmm. Like I the, saw the, Ocean's Twelve. Like, yeah, come on. It is just, yeah, like it just. There's parts of me that want to go see. Uh, now you, now you see it or whatever too, because <laughs> I saw the first one and liked it. Because uh, they're not good, but it's like, man, these bunch young, attractive people with a diverse skill set. You know, hijinks, like, oh man, uh, are are they recapping the plan or are they showing you it in progress? I know. Who oh, knows? I love it. Oh I man. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, Brad Pitt's always eating a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> Um, what a weird character quirk it is, it is just like that is just like people having fun yep i'm that's down just like brad pitt likes sandwiches that's mm-hmm. the real brad pitt that's the closest we've seen to the real thing yep he's probably always eating a sandwich like all the time oh, God. um Bur- so, so, bernie mac hitting on that guy to get the uh to get the vans come on yeah yeah <laughs> continue the, um, sorry no it's okay um it is uh uh so there are we have to get these people to get the heist there are holograms 
who were there that uh, this is and it's important to note that the technology is not technology that we've seen before right um and it's super advanced technology which is going to tie into a later dlc um these kind of holograms that are uh, intangible you can't hurt them but they can hurt us um there's a problem with your bomb caller where certain radio frequencies <laughs> will cause it to go off right. um and just it's just radio it's like there was supposed to be music everywhere because this is kind of like a theme park mm -hmm. and if you get close to these radios it'll make your head explode right um so also if, if any of your companions die so any of these people you're going to gather. Yeah, so you, if they you die, are, you die. You are bound, yeah. Um, and uh, in addition to that, there is also this uh, kind of like red fog called the cloud that is incredibly toxic and holds all of your data. Um, and apparently yeah. is the future. No, it's uh, so it provides this kind of like nice atmosphere over it, but also it makes certain large portions of the, uh, of the map uh, cause you damage as you go along. And yes. all this is kind of painting a picture, kind of along with the idea that, like, oh, well, all of my stuff is gone, so I have to scavenge. It's it's OSP. It's on-site procurement. Um, uh, mm -hmm. That, like, this is survival horror. Like, yeah. you know, you have to proceed so incredibly carefully, um, even as you are kind of dealing with, I forget what the kind of, like, the zombies are in this. Uh, they are called the uh, ghost people. Yes, the ghost people. So like these uh, kind of Tuscan Raider kind of guys. Um, mm. Even they, you know, they're attacking you with, you know, spears and stuff like that. But uh, they are, you know, incredibly overpowered compared to you. Like just everything is you are scraping for resources and you're fighting for every inch. Yeah. And then the uh, you can't they don't stay down. That is another mm -hmm. gimmick of these uh, these ghost people is that unless you cripple one of their limbs, they'll get back up. Right. Which is, uh, you know, like a like a crimson head kind of thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to the point the, where you have to go up and like you'll shoot their corpse to blow their head off. Yeah. And and so I played this. I was playing on hard mode. Um, the reason why I could MLG play on hard mode throughout the whole game and like do things like just take out the camp is because of the way stim packs work, where I have like 70 stim packs. <laughs> Starting me off with nothing in this, uh, you know, heading out to find uh, the first character dog, find collar eight. Um, the first one of these things you run into before I had a gun was a was a mini boss <laughs> like it was one of the hardest encounters in new vegas for me yeah like being stripped of everything i have and fighting this guy because you don't really have a defensive vocabulary in new vegas you can't really dodge attacks very well mm -hmm. uh and i was doing so little damage to him and he was doing so much damage to me to where i like won with a sliver of my health <laughs> and it was awesome yeah like it was just like oh shit like <laughs> i'm fucked and i'm going through like eating uh you know expired macaroni and cheese and uh you know fancy lad snack cakes in order just to get that minuscule amount of health back so i might survive another hit yeah um you know just really really hammers home that survival thing mm -hmm. in this um you get those things from the uh the economy in this uh world which is through these vending machines that are like replicators from uh from star trek where you put in uh, sierra madre chips like from the casino and they literally build you things right um so it's not pulling food it's not a vending machine it's creating it which right. again is technology that we don't have in the wasteland right um <laughs> and, one, of my, one of my favorite things if you're in good with one of the later companions you can find uh you can figure out a way to counterfeit these using scrap yeah. metal and fission batteries yeah <laughs> so you, you can, can... make which are things I didn't want to haul around. Right. Anyway, but the, uh, and the, the thing about these, um, it's, it's still a cool perk though. Mm -hmm. um, the thing these vending machines uh, do as well is that they have codes for different equipment that they can build. So you kind of get the licenses to, uh, to make them build certain things. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so just imagine like this whole thing is kind of raising the stakes. Um, no pun intended, mm -hmm. I guess, for a casino, um, but also kind of like recreating the power curve in this kind of bottle. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you head off to find a uh, dog or collar eight, and he is in a, a police station. Yeah. Um, you know, you move through the the. the we're gonna gloss over it, but you move through this kind of villa, 
very atmospheric villa making your way there and it is tense and scary <laughs> the entire time yeah. um you're looking for caches you're looking for every resource because for the first time since the beginning of the game you are probably you know up against the wall right and that's a very valuable feeling like the first few hours of these games always feels very great to me when you're kind of strapped for things right and to recreate that is really cool mm-hmm. yeah when you get to this police station um there are there are no enemies if i recall correctly but this is still a dungeon because there are radios all over the place mm-hmm. and so you'll you know get a beeping sound and then you'll get like little text text alerts saying like hey your collar is beeping hey it's beeping faster and then kablooey right it's such a good pavlovian like thing <laughs> yeah. to like, yeah. oh back off we have you know reassess the room see if i yeah. can find the radio and i found myself like testing for the edge of it and just kind of like going in looking around and then just making a run for where i could destroy the you know destroy this yeah and it starts off like you can see the radio pretty easily eventually they become hidden and then after that they become shielded yeah uh where you have to uh you have to get close to them you can't shoot them so um you know it, it's tricky <laughs> uh but we see inside this cage we hear we see this uh super mutant this uh nightkin yeah and this is yeah. this is dog however dog works in kind of a weird way we can't get into him we can't really talk to him he's speaking in kind of broken english uh, uh elijah says like oh he's really obedient um but uh the way to get him out you have to go to the basement and get this recording of kind of this really kind of like diabolical like <laughs> kind of fellow and playing this voice um kind of activates his other personality yeah so, you say dog back in the cage yep and, uh, then, and then and then dog goes home and god comes out yes and that's this uh this companion uh god slash dog who is really great um like, <laughs> i, I like this god. character a lot um so this is the kind of lore wise um this is like this these dlcs is where this really leans into i, I think i mentioned this on an episode but somebody on uh, ask fm asked me like what uh what games have kind of a lore sense to them other than dark souls mm-hmm. and like new like fallout totally you know like having these little backstories to these npcs and everything yeah it feels a little bit like that mm-hmm. um so this is the guy who brought you here um dog is the, the character who uh the, the master who is elijah sends out to to go grab people from that brotherhood bunker and uh but he has this alternate personality uh god who is really really rebellious and you know wants to protect uh dog um, they both want to be in control, uh, mm-hmm. but God resents, you know, uh, Father Elijah and right. Dog does not. Right. Um, and you're introduced to this kind of mechanic where you can, by playing certain recordings, if you play uh, Brother or Father Elijah, you can make uh, Dog come out. If you play God, your know, dog back in the cage, you can <laughs> uh, make God come out and you get different perks for them. Yes. Um, and they have different combat styles. Yeah. So if you if you roll with uh, with, with with dog, he will uh, kind of go up and eat these ghost people, so they don't uh, kind of come back, so you don't have to waste ammo or resources or time, uh, kind of crippling them, so they mm-hmm. don't uh, kind of rise back up. I forget what God's is, but I think it's more weapons based. It, no, no, it's a it's a it's his nightkin stuff. It is a stealth bonus. Ah, shit. Okay. So if yeah, if you're God, you are better at sneaking because uh, God doesn't want to fight these things. He's not particularly good at fighting. Mm-hmm. He's just really good at uh, you know getting by them. Yeah. So, but just I love this. Cool. I love this idea again. Playing playing into like what these knight can are, and just kind of just what they're what they're predisposed to be. Um, the fact that like his conscience would become this entirely other alter ego um, yes. is incredibly appropriate. Like it's not just uh, the way Nightkin are treated in this game. It's not like you just they just go generically crazy, right? Like there are different ways it can articulate, yeah, which is C- super cool. They're kind of like uh, Malkavians, actually. Yeah, and the way they're treated here, which is which is great. Yeah, I, I love it. So you, you get him, you bring him back to the fountain. Then you're off to find uh, Collar 14, uh, Dean Dean Domino. Yeah. 
So Domino, you have to go through again just more of this, more of this villa. But you find him kind of posted up on this uh, on this kind of like patio kind of thing. Yes. He's sitting in a chair, and he asks you to sit down in a chair next to him. He's kind of this. He's got this very posh accent. Um, and his voice acting, the voice acting is great uniformly. Yes. In, uh, in this DLC, but his voice acting is, is particularly wonderful. <laughs> and he's such a, like a, you know, wonderful, just kind of character because of his history. I mean, he's a ghoul, you know, yeah. he predates all of this kind of stuff. Well, we, we, you see posters of him. Mm -hmm. There are posters of him in loading screens and in casinos. Mm -hmm. Like he was a touring entertainer, Dean Domino. And you see his human form. He looks a little bit like Sammy Davis Jr. Right. And then he became a ghoul. <laughs> yeah. But he's in this residential area and like, oh, he says, hey, sit down. But he you sat down into a booby trapped chair. Yes. <laughs> and and you have this kind of really cinematic kind of like, I'm going to tell you how things are or I'm going to blow you up. Right. You know, um, I've set this charge because he's set all the traps that like him and the ghost people. But he set a lot of the traps uh, mm -hmm. that are around in the villa and a lot of the uh, supply caches and stuff. Right. He's been kind of surviving in the margins. Right. Here. And this section of gameplay is more trap focused trap and uh the fog there are more sections of fog right in this uh, residential zone yep light step is an amazing perk <laughs> yeah it's 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 uh it's downright mandatory uh for for many sections of this um so he essentially says like hey this is what's going to happen um we're, you and i are going to take this casino like you're <laughs> my you're now my silent partner we're going to betray elijah and if you don't agree to this i'm going to blow you up <laughs> uh, but you can also pass a uh, pass an explosions check to say like yeah these aren't directionally packed you're gonna go up too it's like well, well you fuck. can you can say uh no he doesn't uh, the, i did the same thing he doesn't uh, say like oh fuck that doesn't get him you say these better be directionally charged mm -hmm. shapes or that you know i bet they're they hope they are and they, you get the impression that they are because that doesn't make him you don't cow him ah, okay. with that like you just uh you can but you can say like hey this is gonna blow you up and he's just like nope <laughs> you know, because it's it's a it's like a point towards enemy. It's like a C four kind of thing. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So he kind of blackmails you into either at the best you know way, kind of turning into one of his partners, or mm -hmm. at the worst way, kind of just working for him. Right. Because uh, he is a mover and shaker in this world. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, so collar 12, uh, this is somebody who's over in the medical district, kind of beyond where Domino is. Um, and this is Christine. Uh, most of these people, you can kind of tune into a radio frequency to kind of hear what they're, what they're saying as mm -hmm. they go along. And hers, uh, doesn't really have any, uh, doesn't have any, uh, sound coming over it. And that's for a very important reason we're going to find later on. Um, but the, uh, medical wing, this clinic is kind of patrolled by these security holograms. So we heard about these from Elijah, but as our first real exposure to them and the way they work mechanically, um, yeah. like part of this feels a little goofy. It's kind of like the, the psychic residue in, um, in uh, system shock Two a little bit, but I like the way that our, that our articulates, even the way it's broken feels good to me. So like people get irritated because, Oh, they're set to zero perception. So they can kind of do these uh, patrols without any mind to you. But the fact that they are kind of these omnipotent things makes it so much scarier to me. <laughs> yeah. They, they don't, they don't bother me. Um, these things don't bother me. There's a couple encounters with the radios later. That I find irritating. Yeah. Um, but as far as the, the gameplay gimmicks go, I like the holographs. Uh, the big thing with the holograms is they don't chase you very far. Right. They have, so if you uh, get caught, it's just run. You know, like it's it's not a big deal. Like I've read a lot of complaints about them as well. Um, you get you get kind of unlimited tries, though, mm -hmm. you know, to get past them. Um, the way I love these like little three paths is each one is introducing uh, some of these gameplay elements that are all going to come together. Right. Like it's real. It's real classic. You know, like introduce these three things in kind of an easier way and then put them together and kind of remix them. Yeah. Um, Bam. You're avoiding these uh, these holograms and taking out these speakers. And this is where they start bringing in the shielded ones. Um, and it gets yes. a little bit pixel hunty. Um, but eventually you get, uh, you know, some uh, 
details in this uh, terminal that uh, get you into the basement uh, to disable these and find Christine in an auto dock. And uh, she's cut up. Uh, she's got kind of yeah. these surgery scars all around her head, and she cannot speak. However, her perk, uh, by being with you, her, her collar is slightly broken. And uh, when she uh, is with you, uh, the uh, speakers take a longer time to blow your head up. Yes. And what's awesome about, I love, I love Christine, mm-hmm. um, because the way you talk to her, she can't speak. So she pantomimes, and depending on a wide variety of stats, you can or cannot communicate to her or understand what she's saying. Right. So, like, she'll make it, the game describes what motion she goes through, and then you, your character, will kind of figure out what she's getting at. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really, really strong. Like, it's yeah. super cool. Yeah. Um, and she's got, uh, even prior to this, she was experimented on. Right. And kind of kind of tortured. Like, they did something to her brain that ruined her ability to read and write, so she can't just, like, use a slate to talk to you. Right. She can still do facts, and, like, she can still do math. Right. But words no longer make sense. This is kind of profound act of violence that's done to her. Yeah. Um, and you find out uh, two things that are really cool. Uh, one is that, um, you know, she is here for, like, her kind of condition on... You know, you kind of cow uh, dog into joining you. Uh, Dean wants to partner with you. Her thing is she's here for revenge against Father Elijah. Right. Um, and, and she'll tell you this. The other kind of cool lore lit is it's really strongly implied that this was Veronica's girlfriend, that they, that Father Elijah broke up. Oh, wow. I um, didn't, uh, I totally didn't see a, uh, um, a nod to that. Although, like, I think I inadvertently hit on her and she was like, uh-uh. Like, it was very, uh, I mean, she likes girls. Um, it yeah. comes out, but I, I didn't uh, draw the, con- the connection to Veronica. Yeah, if you if you talk to her enough, she says that um, she was in love with somebody back in the Mojave, and Father Elijah broke up their relationship. Oh shit! Um, yeah. And that's the same thing Veronica says. So there's no literal like it doesn't literally say that, but I think mm-hmm. it's a pretty strong implication. Yeah, no, I'll buy it. Like, yeah, you I know, just uh, I didn't I didn't draw the connection, but now that you lay it out, yeah, it's pretty cool. Like just having this little like. You know, again, rewarding you for discovering more context mm-hmm. about this world you're exploring. Yeah. You know, yeah, I did a good job of like getting to the bottom of Veronica and now I have a, a richer story. Yeah. 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 I really wish uh, they had done her stuff through animation. Like, I know that's a limitation of the engine and stuff, but it's like the descriptions work very well because the writer was able to kind of like convey it mm-hmm. in there. But um, man, if, if I could have actually like interpreted her body language and facial expression, that would have been nice. That, yeah. like, the, like that to me is just kind of like, oh, like some added fidelity here would have actually made this feel a lot stronger. Yeah. Even though at the same time, like I could see that being a real turnoff for a bunch of players. Yeah. Like if you had to actually, because what her motions, a lot of them are just like making a circle to symbolize everything around them. Yeah. You know, things like that. Like they're kind of stretches. Um, So I'm okay with it being, being stat based. I think it would have been cool Mm -hmm. to do it that way as well. But uh, she expresses some really complicated ideas. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't know how you would, uh, how I would interpret someone just doing hand motions to, uh, to understand slug nickels, (laughs) you know? Um, But so once you, once you get everybody um, together, um, you have to get your team into position to trigger the the gala. Yes. Um, <laughs> so this place is locked up really tight, tighter than Fort Knox. And the only mm-hmm. way to open up the front doors is to kind of recreate the conditions of the opening night. So there's, you know, fireworks, there's all kinds of stuff um, that, uh, you know, everybody needs to be in different places at once to uh, to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you take uh, you take God slash dog to a place where he has to uh, pull these switches there and these people don't want to do this like you end up having to trick everybody yeah. or convince them otherwise which i like as well um and there's different ways you can do it so um it looks like in the notes uh for this person uh what did you do to get god to stick around 
Um, I had to uh, I had to bring him some ghost person meat to satisfy dog, so dog wouldn't come out um, while he was kind of like waiting there, waiting there bored. So what do you mean? Why, so so God wouldn't come out? You mean? Or no? Like I like I, I trusted God to uh, <laughs> that is a weird statement. Um, I trust <laughs> I, I, tr- I trusted God to uh, to work the switches because he he was intelligent enough to uh, to to work with them. However, he was not confident that if he was locked up, that dog wouldn't come out and overpower him. So I had to kill certain ghost people in the area to get some ghost person meat to bring back to him, um, so that he could satisfy his appetite. So God wouldn't come out, or dog <laughs> wouldn't come out rather. You can also, you can get God to do it. And then when he says like, hey, I'm going to leave as soon as you leave, you can say, um, you can lock him in there and then threaten him and say like, he's like, yeah, you you need me. You don't need dog. And then you can, uh, if you're depending on stats, either speech or intelligence, you can say, no, I'm smart enough to talk dog through this. Mm. Oh, yeah. Um, I can talk him through it in the radio, so I don't need you. Mm. I'm just going to turn you into dogs. You turn him into dog and then do it that way. Mm. Yeah, um, that's so there's a, a bunch of different ways you can do it. That's weird because I had like nine, ten intelligence at this point. I guess I just right. uh, decided to do the one that gave me more gameplay. I don't know. It could be. Uh, I mean, it might not have just. It's just a. It's a conversation mm-hmm. tree. Yeah. Like if you just didn't get to that that branch, all those flags. Options. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So that. Uh, but it would give me that option, and I went for that. Mm-hmm. Um, then you have to get a uh, domino to this rooftop kind of area. Yes. Um, and he won't stay up there until you kind of activate these holograms to keep the, uh, the ghost people away. This was kind yeah. of irritating because like one of the terminals to activate this was not just like, uh, hidden by geometry, but like you had to climb over some rooftops that, uh, yeah. were, you know, it's like, oh, they did like windows. Like it just, it didn't feel like either signaled or signposted or kind of like, it didn't feel possible when I tried it the first time. So that was a, mm-hmm. that was a little bit of a bummer. And it's just a, like, you know, follow me you know, the fallout three engine. I'm going to blame all this on fallout three, Gary, because that is what we do. <laughs> um, no, but just kind of like, Oh, like the radar doesn't differentiate by height. So fuck. I don't like that. The radio, yeah, I really wish it did that. It would yeah. be so easy to put a little arrow <laughs> at the top of the line or a little arrow at the bottom of the line. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I was on the rooftops anyway, because I couldn't fight anything. Mm. Uh, so I was up there and just ran into it anyway, but I could see that being annoying. Yeah. And I didn't figure out an alternate way to do this or anything so yeah uh, and then you take uh christine to the switching station which is a huge cloudville dungeon full of radios and death clouds yeah this is tough this is very tough mm-hmm. um i had a, a pretty pretty rough time with this and this is when radios kind of got annoying to me yeah um i don't know whether to blame it on fallout 3 or what to blame it on but i, mean, I wish the radios just a were pixel hunt. like it's just a design problem they just needed a big blinking light mm-hmm. i don't think that would have made things too easy because you could have hid them around corners and stuff like mm-hmm. the times it worked for me is when they were uh under archways and you'd go through an archway and then they'd be behind you yes. like up on the ceiling i liked that mm-hmm. when it was just literally i can see it but i it doesn't stand out from the the gigantic like gamebryo gunmetal gray morass mm-hmm. of this that was when it bummed me out yeah yeah um, i just uh I don't, I don't know like it uh I, I love these radios because they make you look at the environment in a different way that is that is so valuable right yeah like you know it's 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 just a little bit of grit onto this but like when it starts getting incredibly calm like you know the like the final dungeon for this like that's where like <laughs> my goodwill kind of goes away for it yeah. but like right now it's still kind of like on the edge yeah i got like there's there's a couple of places in the when you're wrapping up things with your companions where the radios drew me fucking up the wall <laughs> um so we'll we'll get to that yeah. um so there's a couple of different ways here as well you can go uh turn on some ventilation stuff so christina will go down to the the area and um, you can also do a manual thing or a thing to hack it so she can activate it man- uh, remotely yes um so there's a couple different ways to do it and yeah. these all these have 
repercussions later too. So if you're treating your companions poorly, uh, they'll be less inclined to like you later. Right. So once everybody's in place, um, you kind of have to uh, fight your way uh, through this really overrun district that you haven't been in before, uh, really, to get to this bell tower um, to kind of like signal the start of the ceremony. Yes. Um, they do something really cool here with uh, graffiti where you're walking through this on the way here and the graffiti is the standard graffiti. Mm-hmm. Um, like just like, you know, oh, like a Sierra Madre, blah, blah, blah. Um, you go activate this. It makes a big noise and some fireworks. And uh, light, everything lights up. The ghost people go apeshit, and there are tons of them. When you're leaving, the graffiti on the other side of the wall that you're facing just say run uh, <laughs> over and over. So, like, it looked one way when you're going through it one way, and it looks somewhere else the other way because you're really not meant to stop and fight all these things. You're really um, not. Like, this, yeah. is, this is tough. Like, this is the first time that it really breaks out into all-out combat. Yeah. You know? And, like, you feasibly have enough, like, resources to accomplish that, but it's really not wise to do so. Yeah, I, I did not have resources to accomplish it. Um, again, MLG. Not MLG. I'm saying I didn't have the resources for it. <laughs> right. um, I was going to say, that's, that's, that's a little twist of logic. Okay. Mini League. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, uh, well, because as a gamer, I prefer a challenge, Cole. I, I think that as a gamer, um, I need to uh, really stretch my limits. As a gamer. And te- yeah. test my mind, my body, my hand-eye. Yeah. And uh, yeah, as a yeah. gamer. No, because because nobody understands the the travails you went through uh, learning God. to understand Mickey Mouse and Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, or even just uh, you know in high school and stuff. Like God, let me get a successful web comic so I can become the world's biggest asshole because I always <laughs> I have something to prove. Um, <sighs> Man, the uh, so you I just you just sprint, you can just sprint yep. and get away from here, which is you know what I did. Also, um, like the, like that isn't just like a little uh, uh, like psychology trick. This isn't some Eternal Darkness stuff. It says run because a lot of people have done this before you. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. And they've, they've gotten blown up, yeah. you know, um, which I, I really love. Um, so now you've opened up the casino and uh, you you wake once you get through there, uh, the security system knocks you out. Um, you wake up there and Elijah says, hey, uh, the casino did this. It has this uh, system. If anything is radiated, it gets knocked out and it moves you uh, to where you and your companions uh, based on where it thinks they should be. Right. Um, which is really great. <laughs> and uh, you have to go wake up the uh, the casino and yeah. eventually go deal with uh, your companions because they cannot uh, they cannot be alive. Something with their collars or something, you know, they need to be uh, convinced to deactivate their thingy. Right. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite sure what, but yeah, it it, it is something like that. I'm, I'm a little bit hazy on the details. It's very I, collary wallery. Yeah, like in this I, game. I love the way that the casino is talked about as a person or as an entity. Like, yeah. oh, the casino did this. The casino knows. The The casino has this power to it. Like, you know, all of this has a technological explanation, even if it is kind of like a stretch. But like, there, there, there's like a reason based on this magic science and stuff. But like what it amounts to is a ghost story. Yeah. Like this is yeah. this huge, powerful pre-war artifact that kind of like is so intelligent that like the building itself has agency. And that is such a fucking potent idea. Yeah, I love well, it, it, Gary. And it has it. It's it's uh, the result of a very strong personality with a really set goal. Yes, that it was built around. Right. You know, so the, it's the kind of like the um, the emotionalism that was involved in the building of this has repercussions that have outlived the apocalypse. Right. You know, and getting that sense really comes through. And, and, and again, it's that unfinished business idea of a haunting. You know, like yeah. this is a cursed place. No matter what the means, like the reason behind it is still a ghost story. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, a place of really strong emotion physically creates this entity <laughs> and this kind of thing that is bigger 
yeah. than, uh, than the original. So very, very cool. Um, yeah. So uh, you kind of, you you move through there. Uh, there are security holograms and stuff. This part I'm still okay with going through the casino setting uh, where the security holograms are. Um, you have to find their emitters to turn them off mm-hmm. that tend to be up in the rafters, yeah, which makes sense. You sign a little like uh, orb dinguses that you yeah. uh, can, you know, deactivate or shoot. Um, so you make your way through there, um, you know, eventually turning on this thing, and then you have to go deal with your your three companions. Yeah. And keep in mind, we're again, this is there's lots of gameplay here. We're just cruising through it because we have miles to go before we sleep. <laughs> Correct. Uh, one, one small note here: uh, one of the knives or one of the uh, the uh, items that's, that's introduced here are these cosmic knives uh, mm-hmm. that we're going to see the origin of uh, in one of the later packs. But they're made of like Saturnium or something like that. They're so sharp that they're cutting through cutting boards and they're taking off people's fingers. Yeah. Yep. Again, and then you you get, there's a superheated version you get the recipe of, which is just putting it next to hot something. <laughs> yeah, putting it on the stove. Yeah, it makes a super hot knife. Gary, has science gone too far? Apparently so. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you have to kind of have to go through and deal with uh, your individual uh, uh, companions over again. So there's this gas leak that is uh, kind of like causing some problems around here. So you go to the kitchen. Uh, apparently, they saw the super mutant and said, "Oh, you belong here, you big dumb uh, lummox." Exactly. They put him in the kitchen because he's a servant, and he—it's not a gas leak that just happened. He set up the gas leak, right? Because he's going to blow up the casino. Mm-hmm. Like dog is just like, and I love that because dog is very obedient. But, like, the voice acting really sells this, like, sense of pain. Mm-hmm. Like, and everything. Like, there's, I, I could see people getting irritated with uh, these companions because their voice loop is a little too short mm-hmm. when you're moving through things. Um, the, uh, but it is very uh, kind of, um, you know, kind of heartbreaking to hear him. Like, he does this, you know, they tell me this, but always hungry. I try to make it go away, but I'm hungry all the time. Like, he's struggling with these, like, these urges that he has mm-hmm. because he's separated from this sense of restraint mm-hmm. and consciousness, you know? Yeah. Um, so he's had it. Like, he's a su- he's suicidal, essentially. Right. Uh, <laughs> just because there's nothing to regulate his id. Like, it's yeah. just pure sensation. So, like, you know, because he's never sated, like, yeah, we're just done. I'm trapped. This is the end of the line. Yeah. And the way that... So he- the the way that, one way that you can resolve this outside of just killing him, um, at least the way I did this, you can pass some speech checks to not just like bring dog out, but like you can convince them to merge, saying yes. like, hey, this this isn't going to help anybody. Like you know, you seem to have some kind of conscience. There is there's some humanity in you. You know, that's a fraught word, but like here's this. Like just you need to like chill the fuck out and like get get your shit together so we can repair this gas leak and then you can go on and live your life yep yeah you can you can bring either uh personality i think there's a uh, peaceful resolution just kind of putting either personality in charge but the best one is to merge them the one you get the most experience for right if you just don't want to shoot them if you want to shoot them you have to turn off the gas leaks first and it becomes <laughs> kind of a stealth thing yep um which is tricky uh but and and you know, Elijah just wants you to kill him because he's a monster right, and he doesn't yeah. care about anything. Well, it's the most efficient thing. And he is, I mean, yeah. so much of this DLC is like, ha science. Yeah. You know, like, ah, oh, we joke and laugh, you know, like, ah, portal. But like, no, like, this makes people into monsters. Yes. Yeah. yeah very much so. I'm not anti-science, um, but like the way this is presented here is. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a sci-fi story. Sci-fi yeah. stories are about how science can turn people into monsters usually. Right. You know, it can. It has that power. Right. Um, Dean has been sent to the theater, to the Tampico Theater. Uh, because he used to perform there. Mm-hmm. This is the place that drove me up the wall. Uh, a little the radios bit. <laughs> going through the backstage. There's like a, a couple radios that are really hidden, mm-hmm. and you just have to you shoot them at the very end of your kind of leash. Right. Um, they overlap in a way that's annoying, like because they you don't really know 
which radio you're under the influence of right like there's going to be some in like within a room but then you're but then you're also under the influence of one that's in the hallway but is under some debris it's yes. uh it's super trial and error like yeah for what should be this really kind of climactic showdown with this maniac right who has this axe to grind you know like the, that is older than time um this moved so incredibly slow because yes. of that because I, I had to reload a bunch of times yeah. because i would run to the uh where my collar's beeping very fast i would have see a radio find a sense of relief blow it up and still be under the influence of another radio mm -hmm. and then die yeah um happened a bunch yeah so but we get a little bit more of his story here. We find uh, that he had been blackmailing this uh, woman named Vera Keys. The uh, person who set up the casino in the first place is a guy named Sinclair. And uh, there's a starlet Vera Keys uh, here. And uh, he had been blackmailing her right. uh, for one reason or another. We're going to find the full details of that later. Yeah. Um, so we kind of find out how much of a shitty guy he is uh, here. And he has he not only wants to just take everything from the casino because it's got riches, but he also wants to fuck over Sinclair because Sinclair thought he was better than him. Right. Um, which is, isn't it? He says something like, isn't it obvious why he built this? He did to show me up. <laughs> like, and you get the sense that like, you know, Oh, Dean Domino, Domino's a maniac. Well, yeah. Also like, like he, he sets himself up as a sociopath, but like these people are long dead, dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It is. He's just, he's real, uh, you know, a lot of time on his hands <laughs> as, as forced him to go pretty crazy. Right. Yeah. And so, <laughs> I, I forget how I dealt with this. I know I shot him at the top of the uh, <laughs> very cinematic, like kind of a noir thing. I, I shot him uh, backstage up on some scaffolding. Um, mm. And then like, you know, when, when he's dead, you know, <laughs> so, okay. When your companions die, your head explodes. So you have to kind of outrun the signal. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is uh, like that, that escape process is pretty cool. Yeah. Like, there's, I, I, um, that. I can't remember what the, exactly how to articulate it. There is a peaceful resolution. Oh wow! Um, you, yeah, you can convince him to uh, to get out of dodge essentially. Mm. So my my ending for him had him leaving uh, the Sierra Madre and going to the wasteland. Yeah, I thought it was weird. Like it, it, you know, I just made a weird choice maybe that uh, that forced it into a confrontation. But uh, the fact that there was no peaceful resolution is kind of like, oh well, that's that is a choice that they made. And it's like, well, I don't, I kind of don't want this guy to live anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so the final companion, Christine, uh, she's kind of holed up, um, up in the, uh, up in the suites. Right. Yes. And this is, uh, kind of just a, like a straight up survival horror section where, uh, you're going through these hotel rooms that have, uh, that have holes bro uh, blown through them and, uh, they're being prowled by these hologram versions of Vera. Again, this kind of starlet who is, you know, as they are, you know, waiting to kill you saying like, oh, Sinclair, Sinclair, please, I'm trapped. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, and it recorded like her that. last moments. Yes. As she's trapped in the casino as things uh, went by and eventually died alone of an overdose trapped in a room yeah. before she could die of thirst. Gary, uh, love it or hate it. Uh, it's gonna be love it let's, uh, let's, yeah. yeah it is uh, so fucking good like yeah. i was going through this and i was like a little bit annoyed by the uh by the mechanics of it because like yeah it's horror or whatever like there are they're they're raising the stakes and i'm dying but it's like just as i'm hearing this woman wailing for some kind of solace and wailing, wailing to know what's happening it's like jesus christ this yeah. is so evocative and then you eventually when you find her corpse just surrounded by medex needles yeah you know and stuff and it's just like so sad yeah um, but then we get this wrinkle about what happened to Christine um, is that Dean Domino, once she ended up here, he snuck off with her, put her in that auto dock to alter her vocal cords mm -hmm. because he found out that Vera's voice is uh, the key 
to get down into the treasure of the Sierra Madre. Right. Um, so he gave her another woman's voice. Yeah. Um, and her whole thing, as far as a, a peaceful resolution, is uh, she is like, no, I'm going to go kill Father Elijah. Like, that's what I came for. He can't be allowed to get out. He is a terrible person. Right. Um, and you have to convince her, like, either to play along with it and say, like, hey, you stay here. If he gets away from me, he's not going to be expecting you. Mm -hmm. Like, you can ambush him. Or you can convince her to, like, I don't know if you actually can convince her to, like, move on. I had the option for it, but I chose not to because I wanted vengeance. Um, <laughs> Me too so much. I was like, you know what? I don't want you to endanger yourself and uh, vaguely paternalistic of me. But it's like, well, no, I'm going to go down to the vault and kill this guy because I want to fight a boss. Um, but uh, but no, like, I did the same thing. Like, if he gets past me, you know, you have every right to kill him. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can convince her to be your backup. Right. Essentially. Yeah. Um, there's a very annoying thing where you have to go all the way back to the front of the casino now before you can go downstairs. <sighs> and and I, don't, I don't know why. I really don't because it's like the like the front the front desk terminal, um, and this uh, the front lobby is uh, overrun by ghost people. Like I think that they, they just wanted to like add that in as like, hey, remember these guys? Like yeah. this is, again, just adding elements upon elements, which I understand in theory, but like it was a real pacing problem because like you have to go yeah, all the way I'm, back. I'm to heading towards the climax. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, and and the uh, uh, one of the cool things that does happen though is that the Vera hologram pops up when you hit that terminal and starts mm -hmm. destroying ghost people with it yeah. with its head rays. Like the ghost, the holograms they put their fingers at their temple mm -hmm. and shoot lasers out of their forehead. So good, uh, which is really great. That's how they attack. <laughs> um, so that that's kind of a fun moment. But just like the walking back and forth got obnoxious. Yeah, a little bit. Man, that's some real Resident Evil Six shit too. Yeah. That um that uh, uh gosh Domino put Vera's voice in her. Yeah jesus yeah, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> sorry no i just like I, good... I saw that it's like oh man just like giving a woman other voice like that is like a really big like i don't know it just feels feels gross to me but, yeah yeah it's, it's a it's a rough like the things that happened to christine are really terrible yeah like i just like it, it's unsettling like yeah you know even like with the way she's introduced she has this unique animation when she comes out of the auto dock mm -hmm. that's just really like kind of pathetic and like heartbreaking yeah um, so you need her voice. Uh, you get the voice uh, sequences from the computer. Um, and uh, we find out that, you know, they say like, hey, the Sierra Madre might have been built as this trap for Vera because Sinclair loved her. Right. You know, um, and uh, you use the, this voice code to get in, which is uh, begin again, but no wind to let go, which right. is from this. Uh, you find this really kind of heartbreaking audition tape. Right. From, uh, from Vera. That she that she used to be like, oh, well, this is the biggest new casino in town. I want to be here as the resident artist. Yes. Yeah. Um, um so yeah. this uh, this vault, this is where I lost my goodwill. <laughs> yeah, this is this is obnoxious. This is too too hostile radio wise. Yes, for me, um, it's the like, hologram section. I can I got by okay. Yeah, like that, um, and that was yeah. fun. Like getting on top of the roofs of the little rooms to uh, to deactivate the emitters. Yeah, but yeah. the the radio stuff here sucks. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think of like what game this feels like and what's coming up is like chips challenge, but that doesn't have a time limit. What's going on? <laughs> no, no. Just like a, like you, you've got some that are under walkways. You've got some that require you to look back like I'm all for looking at environments in a different way. It just it, it was too much by this point. Well, and their radios. Yep. <laughs> like, why would why would they be like literally hidden? Right. You know, like it, it kind of just like pushes pushes credulity it's this is the point other than the little bit with dean domino where like i did get sick of the gameplay which i generally really like oh yeah in this uh and a lot of the bad will when people don't like dead money they are focusing a lot on these two parts i think right which is okay i'm not saying that is like they're wrong to do so it just mm -hmm. bothered them enough and they didn't see as much of the good mm -hmm. as uh maybe i did yeah so um yeah. super obnoxious this is but long they, you get, too <laughs> it, it is very long 
Uh, but you get one hell of a climax. Oh, God, um, yes. So you get down to the, the terminal, and you go inside, uh, <laughs> or the, uh, the the vault. Yeah, here. well, like, this is like a straight-up, like, vault style vault, too. Like, yes. we're not just describing, like, a place where gold is held. Although there is gold here. Yeah, it's the first gold that's, I mean, that's not an item that's been in the wasteland before. Um, you find these gold bars here, which is like the treasure of the Sierra Madre. And uh, when you hover over them, it's like worth, you know, 13,000 caps or something like that. Jesus. It's crazy. Um, they're very heavy, though. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a computer terminal in here. Uh, so you go to the terminal and you can either unlock the uh, the Sierra Madre so Father Elijah can get down. Um, but there's also an email there then it warns you not to read this one message yeah it's because like it's specific for dean it's like it's like named as a trap like kind of like how you name your porn folder the you know, tax, boring tax stuff 20 uh, 2008 kind of stuff yeah um yeah. it's like oh you know sinclair personal financial data or something like that yeah, there, yeah. There, but but there's an email for vera that says like hey i knew bad stuff was going to happen so yeah. like you know like even though i know that you'll you're never going to love me like, it's going to feel like you're trapped here, but, like, I'm trying to protect you. Yes. So it's still, I mean, it's still misguided, and he's still responsible for her death. But it is this kind of, like, tale of obsession right. here. And he finds out, like, he found out about Dean Domino trying to blackmail him. He found out about Dean, uh, there's, like, implication that Dean uh, Domino, he was blackmailing her thinking that she was just hooked on smack, on Medex, but she had a chronic illness. Mm -hmm. That she took it for pain. Right. So he tried to blackmail her or blackmail him th with that information, but he mm -hmm. knew the truth. Like, actually, no, I know her, and she's she needs this medically. Yeah. Like, you misguided piece of shit. <laughs> you know, like, like where is your sense of humanity? And, um, so he that's what this trap is for, is to fuck over Dean Domino. Mm-hmm. And it's it's there to fuck over Dean Domino. So if he opens up the uh, the financial information one, it, it locks down the vault. And that's like it, that's a non-standard game over. Yeah. If you do that, you, if you open it up. Which uh, he didn't know that Dean Domino would be a ghoul. So I love that little touch because that he <laughs> thought this was going to happen after the opening. Right. You know, um, so when Dean Domino did the heist uh, that he was planning, but he didn't know that it would, could literally be for eternity. Right. Uh, which is pretty fantastic. Jesus Christ. Yeah. <laughs> so, so good. Yeah, it's, it's it's really, really good. And it's it's just sad. Like he's not he's a bad man, but he's not like all throughout this. You're finding all these terminals and you're learning about his weird kind of decisions he's made as far as like making this really obsessively perfect and then also where he's putting money mm -hmm. into this. And it's just, it's this tribute, mm -hmm. you know, he built this building as like a love letter and yeah. you get this idea of this just kind of like very sad, uh, very wealthy man yeah. who doesn't know how to express himself otherwise. And, you know, and, and okay. So I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to say something. Let me know if I'm off base, but like the intention was bad, you know, like you don't, you know, if somebody doesn't love you, you don't trap them. Yes. Okay. So I'm, I'm with I'm, you so far. <laughs> with me so far. There we go. Yeah. There, there we go. Okay. But like knowing that like bad stuff was going to happen, like he kind of provided her with a humane death oh, a yeah. little bit by providing that medex and stuff like that. Like it was still her decision to go. Like he wanted to keep her safe forever. But like, you know, it was still like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, die painlessly. And here's this as opposed to kind of like be exposed to the ravages. I'm not like saying like, hey, find the one you love and trap her or him. Mm -hmm. yeah. but, but like it's still like it's incredibly sad that it worked out. Yeah. Yeah. It is it is just it is a tragic story. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a tragedy. Um he was misguided too. Yes. But it's oh, a, definitely. You, know, like, he you come had, away from it with this sense know. of <laughs> but, the women yeah. in the story are are victims. Right. You know, and it's like and it is tragic. It doesn't feel to me it like the stories don't they just feel like 
sad stories. They don't feel like they're problematic in that sense right. at all. Um, so we have this, this climax down here where we convince Elijah to come down. Right. Um, and there's a couple of different ways this can, can play out, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. Um, you can, uh, and what he, you find out what he wants, which is to use this casino's technology, which are these holograms and stuff. The holograms in the cloud. Like, yeah. he, you know, like the, 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 this is something that is kind of like endemic to this system. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're going to, yeah, he says, like, do you think it's an accident that the cloud just settles here? Right. You know, because um, he wants to wipe the Mojave clean. And he has a, paints this really great picture where he's like, imagine dropping one of those hologram emitters in the middle of a war. Mm-hmm. You know, because nobody would know what to do. Like, it would just be, you could wipe <laughs> out armies with them. Yeah. I mean, like you would have, like, Elijah wants a ghost army. Yeah. You know, and he wants to recreate the wasteland kind of in his image. Yeah. You know, yeah, which just, which is like some comic book villain level shit. Yeah. It just, he wants to start over, right. you know, and it's just, again, it's this obsession. Like he has this obsession that Sinclair had that, you know, Dean has, um, where this thing, you know, people are uh, uh, doomed by it. You know, they don't know mm-hmm. where, when to let go. Um, so there's a couple different ways this can, can play out. You can have him come down. Um, if you're stealthy, you can trap him inside the vault. Oh, Jesus. Uh, which is a really great way to do it. And he gets real mad. That's the the non-kill. I mean, it's still violent, but oh, it's the yeah. non. Like, that's like the like dishonored non-violent is what it is. Yeah. Exactly. Like, oh, you could be a slave in, in the delirium mines or whatever. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I don't want to be that cruel. Like, I just want him to die so he doesn't, like, hurt more people like Veronica, you know, yeah. or like uh, Christine, you know. My, my favorite ending is trapping him there because I like irony. Um, oh, yeah. I, I want to be that cruel. I think that the, him tra- being trapped with the treasure is great. Yeah. Um, the uh so the the genius of and then otherwise you fight him uh there are turrets there you can turn the turrets against him yeah yeah um but it's just a, it's a boss fight it's actually pretty easy um you can do either of those things the uh the genius though of of dead money is that an alarm starts going off and you've just seen more value than anyone could ever have <laughs> right like this is like this is all of the dandy boy apples in the waste yes. uh combined uh, are these these gold bars? But they're they weigh thirty five pounds each, um, right? So you can probably take one of them pretty mm-hmm. easily. But it's designed to punish your greed. If you over burden yourself, you won't make it out alive. Uh, <laughs> right, which because... I love that so much. Like, so and this is uh oh gosh, like so we've been talking about these uh, DLCs indirectly for years. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, oh, yeah. it it was uh, talking with Chris Avalon the first time, um, and saying that his Skype avatar is one of the one of the brain trust. Um, that got me to play old old world blues in this uh, for the first time. But like, uh, what is it? McTeague is the name of yeah. the short story that you refer to. Yeah, where the guy gets uh, trapped to a gigantic golden tooth mm-hmm. in the middle of the desert. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot like McTeague, <laughs> um, which I had to read for some reason in high school. That's always stuck with me. Um, which McTeague is not as good as Dead Money. Uh, yeah, this, this great work of uh, literature. I don't think is as quite as naturalism is quite as good. Didn't resonate with you as much. There we go. Yeah, yeah, I think it is. Uh, it's kind of, it's a rubbish story um <laughs> but like i love the way that they have tied this into like this whole story about about greed and obsession and everything and then they just put the player in the same situation <laughs> yeah because you've been like picking it, stuff up and like elijah like he throws in some lines about that right yeah. like there's a little bit of like chris avalon stumping for like yeah. oh you know just like it's something against regular rpg player behavior right yes yeah like you have you know don't why are you Collecting all this stuff, he says something about your pip boy telling you what to do. Right. Like, it makes your mind weak, which I love that. Like, mm-hmm. push markers. <laughs> you know? Um, it, it, is, it is really, really cool the way that the, the actual story of this bleeds into the play. Right. And bleeds into the things the player has done. Um, and it's just, like, endlessly impressive to me. Yeah. Um, 
if you don't overburden yourself with gold, uh, and there are a bunch of cool, if you are curious, go on YouTube and find, there's a way to get all those gold bars oh, yeah. um, without dying, and it's really tricky, but you can mm. do it. Um, <laughs> that doesn't involve just console adding a bunch of gold bars to your shit? I think what you do is you pick them all up, you put them on Father Elijah's corpse, and then carry his corpse Burr? out. Oh, like using the physics shit. Yeah, you use him as a as a container, hmm. and then you drag his corpse. I think that works. <laughs> I, and then you I, grab them all, and then leave through the the door. I could not imagine having enough time to do that. I I think you can do it. I think it's doable. It is just uh, it's a close call, and you're throwing away the theme uh, of the <laughs> DLC in exchange for literally more money than you could ever spend in a million years. Right. Even with the Gunrunner's arsenal installed, <laughs> like uh, just taking one gold bar will do you do you pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then you get out and you get ending slides. Yeah. So each of these DLCs has their own endings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, like I've got mine here, um, but, uh, you know, it can go a bunch of different ways. Like dog forgot himself, but like became a new person because of the joining. Yep. Um, and, uh, uh, oh gosh, Christina, she stays at the Sierra Madre, like kind of like as a warden for these ghost people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They yeah. grew not to fear her. Like yeah. they, they just saw her uh, enough to where like they just kind of left her alone, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and then uh, and, well, that wouldn't be too bad. She has all the food she wants as long as she can uh, manufacture those chips, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Dean continues uh, performing as a hologram. Yeah, his his climax is a part where you create a little hologram and then a holographic audience. Yeah, to uh, to play when you when you deal with him. Yeah, there. Uh, the difference for mine is I think Dean uh, just he he leaves eventually. Mm. Um. Yeah, but most of those I got are the same. Yeah. Um, and and then it throws in this little wrinkle talking about like how the courier would go on to this climactic battle at the, at the divide. Yes. Which, uh, <laughs> which we'll get to in quite a while, but it's cool that they're setting the seeds for it this soon. Yes. Sleep, go to sleep. Just lay down your weary head. Dream, sweetly dream. Dream about tomorrow instead. Gold. So from the 75 to 80% that is dead money, let us go to the 20 to 25% that is uh, honest hearts. Yeah, let's, let's part this out real quick. Um, <laughs> yep, we can move. We can move real quick. Yeah, so uh, you get a radio signal from the north uh, where you can meet the Happy Trails expedition to New Canaan uh, in Zion National Park. Yeah. And uh, you meet Judd Masterson, who gets his own ending slide for some reason, <laughs> uh, and says, uh, you know, hey, you, you can come along. Um, here's the thing about the new Canaanites. Don't mention Joshua Graham or the Burn Man. Um, that is what we have heard. We've heard about the Burn Man, especially yeah. if you do Legion shit. Right. Um, even if you're just kind of like walking around them when they're passive, some of their just kind of like ambient dialogue is like, uh, yes, I heard the Burn Man is northern Utah. Yes. Um, so he's kind of an interesting character in the mythology and it was really built up. Um, <laughs> in, so we're gonna in go, the mythology, in the mythology, in the mythology. Yeah. We're, so we're going to go meet him. <laughs> There's this asinine thing here where you can only take 75 pounds of gear with you as kind of a half measure. I got the sense that people complained about having to lose all their gear for dead money. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 75. If you have a high enough survival skill, you can go up to 125. <laughs> but, but even does, still yeah it does nothing like if you're rolling like it, with like five or six strength you're gonna have like 160 or whatever uh but like man that's like it's just terrible like it's yeah, just another trip you have to make exactly it just it just all it does is inconvenience you right. like what it's trying to do is encourage you to use some of the new weapons and stuff but it's very ham-handed right um i really don't like it 
so you go through here on this this job. Even the hook for this is boring. <laughs> like you're just doing a job. It takes weeks of you going through you know these mountain passes and stuff. Yeah, you're just you're uh, just guarding this caravan. You get this uh, this opening slide that kind of tells you the backstory of New Canaan and yes. uh, its missionaries. Yes, so it's filled with these missionaries, and uh, like this is kind of fraught with Judeo Christian imagery and uh kind yes. of terms and stuff like that but um you know like just kind of the idea like oh uh there <laughs> there there are people trying to bring this kind of civilization to these tribals right um kind of along with them this uh, uh guy used to be known as uh malface Le- uh, legate uh which is joshua graham um mm-hmm. and uh these new these new candidates are uh, kind of ashamed of him because he went and worked with the uh with the legion right and he is the guy who who lost the uh, the battle, the first battle for the Hoover Dam um, for the Legion uh, yes. way back when. And and as a result, uh, Caesar covered him in pitch, set him on fire, and threw him in the Grand Canyon. <laughs> Pretty cartoonish, um, <laughs> a little bit. Which he, which he somehow survived, and then he's kind of a legend. Uh, but Caesar knows he's still alive. He knows it's not a legend. No. Has been sending people to kill him, and the setup makes it sound cool. Oh yes, uh, I mean like so much about this should work. For yeah. me, right? Like New Zion, a beautiful place. I really want to go there someday. Yeah. You yeah. Know? The park is actually and it gets a lot of the goodwill of this this DLC gets from people comes from how kind of it's beautiful to explore mm-hmm. this uh this area. Because you end up in, in Zion Canyon in this area and it is very nice looking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the problem comes all with the fact that it is in search of a story <laughs> uh, and that uh the things you do here are boring. Yeah. And like even even there, like I'm so down with like old religion becoming just kind of like mixed in with these tribes. Oh you sure. Know? Like that like that's super cool. Like very obviously you know, Zion. Like 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 you know, Joshua Graham is very obviously like trying to carry forward the uh the you know the flame of Judaism. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, you're you're rolling around with like uh, Desert Eagles, like they are carrying this tradition on like that should be so cool. Yeah, it's just it. And here's the thing, right? If you if you put a gun to my head and said, like, hey, Gary, come up with the story that brings the tribe stuff, the tribal stuff from Fallout 2 into the modern age, mm-hmm. um, I would have a hard time doing it as well. Right. The issue is that in Fallout 2, that's your origin. Right. So it is a, it's like a it's a babe pig in the city kind of thing. You're 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 elf. You know, like you, you, grew, you, up in, you grew up in the tribe. Um, you have a little bit of that. And then the game gets this kind of sense of you going out and exploring the world. That's how they actually introduce the world of Fallout to you. Yeah. Um, this is backwards. So like you're going through you're the worldly person going to the tribe and they've never done anything. It's not like the tribes had a really cool hook or history in Fallout 2 either. Yeah. They've never made them cool. Like so, nothing in Fallout Fiction has ever made the tribe stuff cool. Right. It's just it's it's so undifferentiated. Like even even with their most effort and like their kind of most center stagedness, it's just so flat. It's flat and feels kind of gross. Yeah. And there are no strong personalities here. The, the strongest personality in this entire DLC is not as good as Sulik. Like Sulik <laughs> right. is the argument for tribes in Fallout, and he's the only argument. And there's literally a quest in here called the Civilized Man's Burden. Yeah. Like it's rough. Yeah. It I, just kind of feels gross to modern ears. Like Yeah. And yeah. and and it was modern mouths that made that. You know, yeah, you know, it's not, this is not that old. Right. Um, I mean, the biggest crime, like that's obnoxious and condescending. The biggest problem is, is that it's boring and there are no good characters. Oh, for sure. Even the burned man who should be amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, like, kind of sucks. Yeah. And like it just even at the highest climax that this has is just kind of like. 
they want us to think it's really cool to go kill some people with the burned man. <laughs> right. Like he's a real poochie. Um, <laughs> and like, he, like he's he's not even as cool as his like character model is. No, no, his character model is really cool, but the voice delivery is very flat. Mm-hmm. And uh, he acts as your merchant, which I think drags a lot of the coolness out of this, <laughs> where you can just be like, "Hey, actually, I want to trade uh, some stuff." Hey, can I have Let some forty-five? You I have. <laughs> you know, there's a reason why there's a. What support. are you buying? Yeah, no, you're, you're you are the father Elijah of this. Like you're not you're <laughs> yeah. not a vending machine. You know, it's 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 really misguided. But let's let's cruise through these again. Yeah, um, let's uh, rap rapid fire. Yeah. Um, so when you arrive at New Zion Canyon, uh, there are some of these uh, tribals called the White Legs who kind of descend on you, um, mm-hmm. right? And uh, kind of just wipe out your entire party. At least they they, they did for me. Is it's it a possible failure? Okay, cool. Yeah, there's no way to save them. It sucks though because like I am a one force god. Oh yeah. Like I I am literally a walking army, and you're telling me these like six guys <laughs> took these people out. Like yeah. it totally doesn't work as a thing yeah but uh um, like oh well i'm trapped in this uh foreign place i'm in utah hey look at me i'm in utah yeah. um and uh <laughs> no offense to people in utah again i would love to visit your parks um but uh but no you like as you travel along you meet this new guy um uh, follows chalk is his name yeah. and uh he's yeah. got this headdress that's built into a baseball cap which is super cool um but he says that hey joshua uh wants to meet you yes um and he kind of talks you through things as you go um his voice acting is very like kind of like stereotypical native american yeah sounding to me um he's not the worst character he has a little bit of character compared to your other companion uh, you get here yeah um but he takes you to uh to go meet joshua graham and joshua graham he's covered in bandages he's repairing an endless supply of 45s (laughs) uh here and he says hey there's me and there's this guy named daniel we're the only new canaanites left um, and we're living with the, uh, the dead horses and the sorrows. Right. Um, and the white legs here are the bad guys. They've killed off, um, you know, all of the, uh, the, the new Canaanites who, uh, who try to join Caesar's Legion. Right. Um, they are, uh, they are the bad tribe here. Right. So there are bad guys, the white legs, they're just savages. And the, uh, good guys are the, uh, the sorrows and the dead horses, my guys. Right. And, uh, uh Daniel and Joshua are the only, uh, are the only two, uh, new Canaanites left. Yeah, who are still here. They're still, they still exist. Right. Um, and then he, because uh, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the sense they were wiped out. I think they left. Because oh, yeah. a lot of people left the tribe. Uh, there okay. were some other tribes that left before you show up hmm. uh, because of this conflict. Um, and he just like, hey, go do a chore for Daniel. Gives you your first <laughs> task, which is to go gather a bunch of pre-war tech from around these camps in Zion. You're kind of introduced to the, uh, the flora and fauna here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's largely the same. And um, we get Yagwais yep. uh, show up here. Yeah, um, and we uh, get slightly yeah. angrier Cazadors. Yes, the 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 Cazadors, the the leveled up ones. Uh, Yagwais are kind of nice because they are like of spiritual significance. Like there's a side quest you can do to uh, to get special fist weapons that are yes. uh, Yagwai um, kind of like uh, hands that are grafted to your own. Yeah, so you have to go kill the the Yagwai. Yeah. So the uh, the sorrows send you on that. Yeah. Um, of note here is the fact that uh, when Daniel heard that there was a courier here, he was expecting somebody else, this other courier who had worked with the Legion in the past. You mean not Daniel? You mean Joshua? Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, uh, yeah, the um, yeah, and you can actually tell uh, Joshua that you killed Caesar, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. Uh, <laughs> What's he say? Um, he's just kind of like, he's like, oh, I'm surprised I outlived him. You know, he's been sending <laughs> people to kill me for. For years yeah you know, is, he, is, is he aware that the machine is still going at like such a high speed that it doesn't matter if caesar dies no they, they never make any reference to this gigantic you know conflict or war that's going to happen really mm. he does not seem to, to care that much he delivers everything in the same like real flat menace 
So he doesn't, he doesn't even seem surprised. He's really, yeah. you know, it's, it's like, <laughs> okay, badass. Like, <laughs> it's like, okay, I understand you're beyond death. You were covered in pitch and thrown into the Grand Canyon. <laughs> yeah. But why, what's the excuse for Daniel to have that? You know, why is everyone beyond death? Like, <laughs> the only thing that I remember about Daniel is that he has a hat and yeah. he's a little bit more peaceful <laughs> than Joshua. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to be peaceful or warlike? <laughs> the, the, the three hours of your life, you'll never get back to decide that. that thing. Um, Cole, this is the third time I played through this piece of shit. Like Jesus. in my life, I'm so hours. sorry. Like you could have said, "Hey, Cole, you do this. I'm not going to." I know, but when we decided not to split everything up, it's like yeah. I wanted to play the other three. Well, I just I wanted to play through everything because, like, yeah. I've only done Dead Money, Dead Money, yeah. and uh, Old World Blues. So, yeah. so there's that. Like, I kind of like going and getting this pre-war tech because you go to that uh, Crash Scouts boss, and you think, "Oh, like Scouts, like oh, it must be like the Tribal Scouts." No, this is Boy Scouts. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is before that, and you kind of see you see these ranger stations. It's kind of fun to look at and explore. Yeah, mildly. Yeah, um, uh, and, and, and follows chalk is called follows chalk because of the tribal suspicions about these pre war places. Like they have used chalk to kind of like mark off stuff that is forbidden because of the spirits, which are yes. angry. Yeah, the spirits. You've angered the spirits, and uh, he uh, he follows the chalk though. He's not scared. Right. That's why he goes with you. There's a weird little mini quest with him where you can. He wants to go out west. Uh, because we find out weirdly enough that he has heard of the uh, the guitar playing the mysterious guitar playing guy. Oh, the uh, the mysterious stranger's dad, the one from Montana. Yeah, yeah. he knows <laughs> him. He like traveled through here, and there's this weird little side quest you can do with Follows Chalk. Huh? Where you, and it's just it's not a side quest; it's a dialogue choice, really. Mm. Like, hey, should I go search this guy out who I've heard of who made music, or should I stay? Yeah. There's no consequence. You uh, you get this other character too, the the lady from the Sorrows. Uh, her yeah. name is escaping me. Waking Cloud. Uh, Waking Cloud. Uh, this is where, uh, boy, the Sorrows Camp is the worst designed area in any Fallout game. Oh, my God. It's like this long canyon that you have to, like, walk the entire length down, get to the end, and then walk the entire length back to get to anything. Well, to, get to, the, to get up to where Daniel's at, you have to go through this system of caves. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in your Fallout. So keep in mind, Fallout map verticality. You can be taking the beeline direction there, go up a little side ledge, just have it dead end. Mm -hmm. Because the actual way is to go up this totally non-intuitive way and explore this cave that yeah. lets out and then goes into another cave. Some of the caves have bad guys in there. I don't know why they're so <laughs> close to like, oh, like, what are these guys doing here? It's awful. And it's like the place where I most missed a reasonable map and vertical indicators on my quest marker. Mm -hmm. So much so that I like would put down my controller because um, I, I played this a lot on the exercise bike. Get up, sit at my desk so I can no clip to just fly to where Daniel was. <laughs> I hated it so much. Yeah. And it's I what they're doing is they want you like, oh, the setting's very important. We need to make it so the player soaks this in. Mm -hmm. Uh you have to make it good. Yeah. Like and, and you have to put in these little like those little shortcuts, like when ladders go up to things directly, mm -hmm. that is more important than the feeling of going through these cave these monster dungeons you've created. Mm -hmm. Like and, I care way more about that. And here's the thing. Like, I like a natural place. That's cool. You know, like as yeah. I as I grow older, I get more attracted to the outside world <laughs> in, in a weird kind of way. However, a video game representation of this is only as good as its visuals and its audio, right? Yeah. Like this is visually very pretty, the audio, mm -hmm. eh, whatever. But like, there's no like sense of being in this place. Like they want you to explore it, but there's no smell. There's no sense of accomplishment as you go from place to place. It's all just like fucking sawdust. Yeah, sawdust, and then just a couple places where there are tribes that like camp out and have little fires and stuff. It's all stuff we've seen before. Ugh. It looks like the great camp, cons camp. Yeah, like whenever wherever you're at, like it just there's nothing new here. Um, 
Yeah, I, re- I really hate it. Um, <laughs> and even the quests that you do. So, like, you know, you, you know, uh, Joshua is very warlike. Um, Daniel, he kind of wants to just kind of leave in the face of these white face uh, or these white leg, rather, um, <laughs> tribals uh, mm-hmm. as they, you know, couch the legion and proceed onward. And it's like, well, OK, well, here's this. But like, as you're doing these quests, you're still going and killing a shitload of white legs. Yeah, you, you kill so many people in this because it's just a combat dungeon. Yeah. Essentially, so you go with uh, with Waking Cloud. You go do three more things. <laughs> you, you, you go and do the three things. There are a couple of little side areas, um, a couple of caves with monsters in there. You can do that that quest to get your, your Yagwai Claw Gauntlet. Um, there's a really annoying quest with a baby bighorner that has left his, uh, his mother. Oh, shit. You have to, like, lure him back. You have to lure him back using uh, banana fruit that you yeah. find, but you can't anger the other bighorners or kill them. And yeah. they will aggro on you, and your companion who told you not to kill the big horners will flip out and kill them. Will shoot them uh, as soon as they aggro. It is it's atrocious. It was um, coming right at me. Yeah, yeah. It, essentially, you you make your way to there. You make your choice um, up in the sorrows camp, and uh, you either choose to go with Daniel, and you have to kind of protect the uh, the guys, or you choose to go with the burn man. Yeah. And go take out the chief. Um, so, I went the, with the bird man because I was wanted to kill as many of the stupid DLC as I could. Um, <laughs> me, too. me too. So, so, so the choice really is like, okay, so you side with Daniel, who doesn't want to face down the white legs. Like this canyon is lost. I don't want to taint the sorrows. Like you know, with yes. with, with, with warfare, right? Like they're the more spiritual uh, k- k- kind of side of it, as opposed to Neil Young and Crazy Horse, which is the more warlike who is where yes. uh, uh, Joshua is kind of settled. And I, I agree, like, no, like, don't fucking give up. Like, don't give, oh, don't give up this beautiful place. I went with Joshua. I was like, you know, let's let's chase them out. Let's let's defeat them and discourage them. Yeah, let's go on down to Seven Mary Three Canyon and <laughs> <laughs> take them out. Because, um, you know, when it comes to uh, the White Lake Chief, Salt About Wounds, <laughs> I, I three the shit out of them. Um, Wait, is three the bad one? Uh, you know... <laughs> It depends. Follow your heart. The, um, <laughs> so the, um, yeah, it just, uh, I didn't want him to give up either. Cause then you're just going to run forever, you know? Right. And like, I don't know if they were trying to make this, like, there's not a pacifism option though. So like mechanically you end up doing the same thing. Right. Like either you're going to kill them or they're going to. Yeah. Like, like you lead them to war or you end up killing them. It's not a meaningful choice. Yeah. And like death and killing needs to mean way more if I'm going to like kill people in order to protect the purity of this of this yeah. place. Like this is a shit world and you have to be shit people kind of a little bit to like yeah. last. And and also the sorrow person just sent me down to kill a bunch of people who are setting traps. Right. Like, it literally just helped me murder a bunch of people. Like, where is this purity you're talking about? Like, it's just, it's it's really misguided and doesn't sell anything right. that it's trying for me to buy, you know? So you end up doing this, like, and they love taking your fast travel away from you. Mm-hmm. Again, trying to make you uh, do things. So if there's, uh, like, a plot event waiting to happen, you can't fast travel. Um, at this point, you know, when you side with Joshua, you just walk down the canyon in this really long combat hallway, uh, killing, you know, killing these white legs. Um and that's uh, that's it. Like that's the <laughs> ending. You can't uh, you can't fast travel. You just have to walk down there to their camp and exterminate them. Yeah. Um, until eventually, you know, you kill, 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 kill. Eventually, you get there. Uh, you get separated from Joshua. Um, and he, you get there, and he's going to kill him. Right. And you can either uh, execute him. Um, execute I don't think... salt upon wounds. Yes. Yeah. Execute the salt upon wounds, or you can say like let him die on his feet, and then you still execute him. Mm-hmm. So again, it's trying to set up a meaningful choice, but it's really just shades of dark gray. <laughs> like salt upon wounds is going to die, but like you're setting up whether or not like uh, Joshua learns mercy. Yes, which is it's still like 
he's gonna die you know it's like whether he it's whether and the mercy is letting him die on his feet right like, it's not like we're learned like that's not they're not klingons like we don't learn enough about their culture for that to have meaning right and also like joshua's kind of not part of this travel thing you know like just, yeah. you know? what does he give a shit like you know i don't it it is so like it's so broken yeah and like if we've missed something about this like let me know I, I haven't. I played it three times. Okay. I have not, I've not missed anything about this. Okay. I, um, but just like, like, you know, like there, there are cultural things happening here that I may not know. That's, that, that's the only reason I like put that out there. But like, no, I'm, I'm ready to render my judgment. Like this isn't, this isn't that great. Like for as cinematic as that end is like, Hey, talking him, you know, talking Joshua down, but even that's kind of cliche. Like, no, no, like he's going to die anyway. So what, <laughs> what you're missing, the game failed to provide. Okay. So, like, there may be things that you could bring from the outside world into this that would mm -hmm. make it more resonant. Mm -hmm. The game doesn't sell it. Okay. I'm 100% confident in saying the game does not sell it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It I is mean, It is just, it's really boring. Um, it's pretty, but it's <laughs> as pretty as a video, you know, a Gamebryo engine video game can be. <laughs> right. You know, so it's, like, even it's, then it's, like, limited, and pretty is not good enough. It's, like, nice texture, you know? Like, yeah. it's, it's kind of the oasis. Like, we mentioned Jacob's Town is kind of the oasis, but this can be oasis, too, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is it is mildly refreshing to be in a new area, but you have to give me something cool to do there. Yeah. Um we so we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the one good story that came out of this, which is the survivalist. Um if you go through uh different uh you find these audio logs um in various places that tell the story of a guy who got kind of stranded here and him taking it upon himself to protect these kids uh who were there who crashed in the bus, mm -hmm. um him eventually taking a wife who died, and you kind of get this whole story of this guy who lived on the fringes. Hmm of this area and kind of fought off the legion uh there so if you look in the wiki uh cole if you miss these if you just look up the survivalist this is the name of his character i did in um, fact miss them you you yeah. messaged me about this on slack but i was kind of like i just didn't see it and i'm not going to go back there it's hard to want to spend any more time here <laughs> uh, it is a good story like it is a it's one of the better kind of marginalia stories in yeah. new vegas not like vault 11 good but still like mm -hmm. pretty good yeah um it is like the one piece of good writing in the dlc okay so um it's pretty cool yeah. Um, but otherwise, you just you get to this end and you get the uh, the epilogue here. Yeah. Which is like no, like at least in my path, things worked okay. Like I use the uh, the civilized man burden yeah. quest uh, to get follow this chalk to go out there and expand his horizons. Uh, but he was never seen again. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. So he was he was Randy Quaid in Kingpin as opposed to uh, uh, Woody Harrelson in Kingpin. Um, and uh, I kind of like brought the myth of the burning man to an end by stopping him from uh from uh executing that guy and uh, also end daniel's influence over the tribe of the sorrows so i guess there's a merger i don't know but cool what happened to the happy trails uh company caravan company i i don't think i got that like they all fucking died for so i don't i didn't they all died for me too but for some reason i got like a thing about them expanding and like it's just like i, I don't care <laughs> Like, like, oh, business is going good for these pieces of shit. Like, they put one of ours in the mor in the morgue. We put one of them in the dog. Ten of them in the double morgue. Yeah. Like, so what, are, what are what are the stakes? What are we comparing between these two things? It was when I saw that in the ending. I was like, oh, fuck give you. It might have been that the main guy survived. Maybe like, you can't actually survive the thing, but the main guy can like survive or survive a little longer or just you know flaggy. Things got yeah. flaggy waggy or something, but somehow I got an ending for the Happy Trails Caravan Company. I'm just yeah. like, it's it's it, so weird because like this is so low level content, 
in, in, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. Like, you know, you're, you're, you can come here at, like, level 10 or whatever. It's, like, mid-game, but <laughs> whatever. But, like, I came here, like, after I after I finished the, the Battle at Hoover Dam. Like, I was, like, level fucking 30 yeah. by the time I hit this, you know, which is weird that it was second, but, you know, there, <laughs> so things go. But um, the, the leveling thing makes it weird for, like, these people these tribe people throwing spears to be as strong it's like the bandits in oblivion with oblivion's leveling system oh yeah yeah you know like where there's like oh why is this guy taking more bullets than a, a brotherhood paladin? <laughs> yeah yeah and like that, that, that's that, that's all mechanical stuff but like if they're gonna die they're gonna die like it's weird that they put that hook in to say like oh sunny trails yeah i yeah. have i have no idea like this game, this uh, DLC has failed to make me care about anything it wants me to care about. Yeah, <laughs> which, the worst like, thing I can say about it. Which is crazy because like I walked in caring about this stuff. I was kind of like, oh, like there's this old religion and stuff, but like no, like it's all just really milk toast and wishy washy. Yeah. Fuck, is it is the worst written thing in in uh, Fallout New Vegas? I don't know if it, it. I don't think it's necessarily even a worse DLC than like Mothership Zeta. You know, because at least you're in an interesting place. It's not like combat hallways. Yeah. I mean, it's a blemish, you know? Yeah, it's a blemish on this game. Uh, but as far as, like, Fallout in general, like, it's definitely lower half. It's pretty bad. But it's it's a testament to how high the bar is set for yeah. New Vegas that this sticks out so badly. Yeah. Um, let's go to something fun. Oh, uh, my gosh. Fact. Old world blues. <laughs> yeah i love this this is so good like this could have been its own game yeah oh yeah and and this is the most content of any of the the dlcs this is the uh the point lookout of new vegas really it gives it this whole big wide open place to explore yes um so we go to there there's a crash satellite in a uh uh, drive-in yep theater and we go there it's it's the science fiction double feature is the name of the quest (laughs) and uh we go there and we get teleported yep um to and we get this uh this opening thing about big mountain labs yeah um Um, with uh it's a different art style on these opening slides yeah like this is uh this is like 60s uh kind of uh uh, science propaganda stuff yeah (laughs) as it shows this stuff uh explaining the uh, the history of this big mountain labs um abbreviated big mt you know big mountain because science is efficient right Um, And then everybody, because, you know, after the war, this place kind of turned from a mountain into a crater. And so now it's called the Big Empty. Yes. Well, not as a war. Like, they did an experiment or something. There was an explosion that they caused. Ah, shit. Yeah. yeah. They turned it into a a reverse mountain thing. Um, And these are the people who were making this, like, crazy science shit. They're trying to win the war and advance things through kind of super science (laughs) um, and atomic energy. And, uh, you know... They they fill they were filled with wonders that in the end uh, had been answers to the wrong question. Again, back to the dead money thing. Like they state that they state the thesis, but it totally works. Yeah, it totally works because this is it's it's weird for this is a comedy DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this DLC on its own operates as one of my favorite comedy games. <laughs> um, like it is very funny. Yeah, I, like this works on me. Yeah, I mean, like you know, the, the 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 comparison will be especially apt because of one of the voice actors. But like, this is some Venture Brothers ass shit. Like it's the, really Venture Brothers. The, yeah. the, the the immorality of playing God and the inferiority yeah. complex that pretty much everybody here has, and just kind of like the loss of humanity in the face of technology. Yes, <sighs> yeah. so good. Yeah, it's very Venture Brothers, <laughs> and it's very just like full of strong personalities. Like everyone you run into is really well defined here. There are only like six characters if you don't count like your equipment um or like your house as a character but all of them are really really strongly defined 
I had to avoid up. spitting water when you said your your equipment or your house yeah. has personalities because it's totally true. It's it's so good, it's so good. So um, <laughs> you wake up, um, you have these scars around your head, neck, and back, um, and you're looking out through this uh, force field window onto the crater. Yes, <laughs> it's this big, like kind of like Logan's Run, Zardoz style, like dystopian wasteland, like even more dystopic than where yes. you came from, right? Uh, with all these kind of like labs and stuff sticking out of there, and if you go in, you can kind of see this um, this uh, this place called the Sink that you uh, eventually will kind of like treat as your home base. But if you go into the inner circle, this is uh, this is the Brain Trust, which has placed a pacifism field over you, and these are all um brains of former great scientists that are suspended in these big tanks with uh kind of these uh robot bodies that have arms and stuff over yeah, them but they're... Bio, biomed gel yep biomed gel and uh they're basically pure intellect with the barest ability to manipulate things around them but also the barest remembrance of what it was like to have a body Yes. Uh, and, and so there are five of them. These are the think tank. Um, <laughs> yeah. and they talk to you through a single screen, kind of going back and forth between uh, them. And this is a very long dialogue section. This is that would longer. Be in, <laughs> this is than longer any other than, dialogue in the game. Yep. Then like, especially with like Legate, like, which is the, like the other longest one. Like this is like maybe like 20 minutes of like yeah. chat content. And it would be intolerable if it wasn't very funny. Oh yeah. Um, and your, and your mileage may vary. Humor is subjective. <laughs> uh, maybe you don't think this is funny. I think it is very funny. Oh yeah. Um, so <laughs> just ending because I'm very, I love the Venture Brothers. Like I'm very weak to this that kind of thing. Right. Um. So, so they talk to you. Uh, Doctor Klein is up at the front, but all of them kind of chime in. And this is a limitation of the engine that they can't show all of them talking to you. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are five like individual people here. Doctor Klein is kind of like a regular, uh, kind of basic uh, super scientist kind of guy. Um, uh, <laughs> Doctor Ventures here. Uh, James Urbaniak, National Treasure. Doctor uh, O. <laughs> Dr. o. Uh, there's Doctor A who speaks only in static. There is uh, what is it, Doctor uh, Dalla, who is a uh, human yep. fetishist, and then uh, yep. uh, oh, Doctor Boros. Dr. Boros. Yes, who who is the big booming scientist voice. Yes, he is the radio announcer for a serial. And he yeah, hates commies and his old girlfriend from and, high school. And jocks, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's great. Um, and they're, they're, during this whole thing, they're like telling you what your mission is, but it goes on for this long time. They're interrupting each other. You're getting a sense of these personalities here. Um, I love this penis joke. Like the idea of being a robot body thing and you don't know what penises are. And they're just like, don't point your penises at me. Why yep. do you have five little wriggling penises on your feet? <laughs> yep. um, it's the most puerile thing in the entire world. It is It is really good, though. And the voice acting just is really good as well and just sells it. Yeah. Like, and Dala, she's like creeping on you. Just the fact that you breathe turns her on. Yeah. There are people who masturbated to the Dala scenes in this, I guarantee <laughs> you. Because your side quest with her is making her orgasm by having a body. <laughs> she spills like, like she comes, like she squirts <laughs> at you. Like that, that's the, the side quest for this. It is, I, I said this in one of the last episodes, but like one of the things I love about Chris Avalon is this like weird reveal that he does have like a real kind of juvenile sense of humor. <laughs> um, and I, and I, it's a juvenile sense of humor that works on me. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's like mixed with some other high-minded stuff, but like he is, <laughs> you know, not to... He enjoys not this... a good dick joke. Yeah, he does. Like he's willing yeah. to switch registers in a way that kind of like heightens the dynamic range of everything. Oh, totally. You like, know? I mean, don't don't be the kind of guy who will turn your nose up at a frozen pizza from time to time. Oh, Jesus. You know, humor-wise. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. they're both good. No, I'll, um, I'll drink Denny's coffee. Come on, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, from time to time, it's like, like I'll, I'll eat a donut. Yeah. Um... I'll have a crocodile, uh, or chocodile, rather. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I'll do crocodile, that Russian drug that is heroin <laughs> and meth that turns people yeah. into zombies. Okay. Yeah, that literally <laughs> makes your flesh melt off. Um, 
So, so there's a lot of jokes here. We're not going to recap all the jokes, but we're going to no. get the uh, the basic premise here is uh, that you're something called a lobotomite uh, because <laughs> you've had your brain removed. Yeah. Um, they, that has happened. They don't know how to deal with people who have brains in their bodies. And yes. their pacifism field can only work if you've, have your, if you've had your brain taken out. However, you are more functional than the other lobotomites for yes. some reason. And every time they tell you that you're missing an organ, a little perk screen comes up, like spineless, brainless, and heartless, that tells you like these cool bonuses you get. There's no downside. Happens. There's yeah. no downside for being, you know, having these parts replaced with a machine, um, you know, which is super cool. Um, <laughs> and uh, and this gets interrupted at some point. You know, you can kind of grill these guys and get the story of Big Mountain, um, but you get you get this gets interrupted by Doctor Mobius, uh, who's <laughs> yeah. the evil scientist uh, version, who's broadcasting from his forbidden zone with his Robo Scorpions. <laughs> To steal all of the science. I don't know why. Just even these names are funny to me. I don't mean to be laughing like a jackass, but like it's it's totally intentional. <laughs> the fact that they make this into like a you know sci-fi serial kind of thing, but like the, the it... reveal of why it is the way it is is really good. Oh yeah, like, it's really subversive. It's it's Iron Man three. Like, <laughs> super damn cool. it! I, I'm yeah. gonna watch that tomorrow, Gary. Yeah, it's really good. Like it is. Uh, you'll like it. Mm -hmm. um, so. Uh, the uh, I wish I now I wish I hadn't said that because I don't want it to spoil anything for. Oh for no you. no that's fine. I, like I, I have the barest facts about it. Like it's a it's a buddy flick between Tony Stark and a small child. Okay, and, I know that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's it's very subversive. Yeah. Um. So that, that you know when we actually get to the reveal of why everything is big science <laughs> stuff is really really good. Oh yeah. Um. But, but it's so effective even right now before you know that it's kind of like oh he's another one of these guys. Everybody that I'm talking to is obviously you know delusional. They don't care about my life. You know, yeah. aside from the fact that I have hands, yeah. <laughs> you know, like just like I don't matter to them. And this is another guy who is just vaguely more super villainous than the people that I'm assumedly allied with. Yeah. Like, oh, all right. Whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you uh, you kind of go through. They give you your mission is go collect a bunch of kind of MacGuffins um, to get into the Forbidden Zone uh, right. because Dr. Mobius has your brain. Mm -hmm. When they uh, the machines took it out, they kind of flushed it and he grabbed it. Right. Um, so it's broadcasting to you and the machines are thinking for you. You still have your identity, but you need to go get your brain. That's yeah. enough of motivation, even if you don't want to help these guys out. <laughs> um, and uh, they give you uh, the, uh, this new weapon here, this uh, sonic emitter gun mm -hmm. that um, that shoots sound uh, that you can use it to uh, unlock certain things. But it gets different frequencies eventually. Yeah. That are different sound samples. Mm -hmm. They give it different special event or special effects, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, the best one being the robo dog bark because it knocks <laughs> things down. Yeah. Um, that's yep. really good. So you can switch to another weapon and then just get get some uh, free shots in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so or just keep shooting with that. Like it does, it does good damage oh, yeah. if you have energy weapon points. Yeah. So, um, so they they need you because you have, because you have hands, um, but you can also uh, just kind of uh, talk to some of these people and resolve some of their quests, which is necessary for getting a pacifistic uh, kind of resolution to this. Let's talk about some of the individual uh, brain trust members. Yes. <laughs> um, so kind of the easiest one is Dr. Eight um, or the, the simplest one. Yeah. Uh, he used to be able to talk, but he was damaged when uh, another courier went through Yep. and there's a fight again, setting things up for lonesome road. Um, and you can kind of understand him. If you know enough about science, you can kind of repair him a little while yeah, or a little bit. He speaks in, um, uh, Robco terminal gibberish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you can kind of talk to him a little bit and, uh, kind of become buddies with him by making <laughs> him feel better about the fact that he can't talk and yeah. you can actually understand him. <laughs> also, he gives you the, uh, the sonic emitter, but he ejaculates a new, uh, a new sonic emitter frequency into it. Yes. Like in a very yeah, extended uh, uh, masturbation thing. And you can tell him masturbation isn't wrong, and that's how you become friends with him. Yeah. Or you can reprogram <laughs> him to always agree with you, which is what I yeah. did, even though that's I got awesome. a karmic hit. <laughs> yeah, that's super good. Um, 
Dr. O, uh, who's James Urbaniak, mm. who is, you know, I love how James Urbaniak doesn't do voices. No. Like, he's always Dr. Venture. He's Dr. Venture in, uh, what's it said? Oh, um, in, uh, in Magic uh, the Magic Circle? Yeah. Yeah, he's Dr. Venture here. He's yeah. always just Dr. Venture. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, the characters are always so the same, or always so similar, because, like, he's got an, an, an inferior, uh, inferiority complex. He uh, he really resents uh, Dr. House, because uh, Dr. O, he is the, uh, the robotics guy, but, like, he is so much more inept than, uh, than mm-hmm. Mr. House was. Um, and I guess, so in reading about this, um, James Urbaniak, like, you know, they rewrote the part for him because initially he was going to be like the, uh, the radio announcer guy. So that's why you're going to see Dr. O say like, ah, breaking bulletin, blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 um, which kind of seems out of character because we already have that guy with, uh, mm. with, uh, with the other guy, Dr. Uh, Boris. Boris. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, when you talk to him, like they, they made him more like Dr. Venture just because of how potent his delivery as that character was so like yeah. this is just dr venture if his brain was removed and he was made even more amoral yeah yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's a real piece of shit he's real insecure <laughs> um and you have to appeal to his ego um yeah. so he he keeps he keeps hinting that his name isn't dr oh um you eventually learn that's dr zero mm-hmm. uh, which sounds way cooler um, which is why he kind of wanted to do it and there's all this stuff about like well, you know, you should still go by Dr. Zero. It has the power of math. Anything you multiply it against gets destroyed, <laughs> you know? And, and he's like, yeah, like, you know, as if it matters. Um, eventually, and you you convince him to put a slash through it so no one calls him Dr. O anymore. Right, because it's just a little optical character recognition thing. Yes, um, which is, that's how you get on his side, and it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, Dr. Dalla, um, she, is, uh, she is a person who uh, is, again, very fascinated with the human form. Um, if you go and look at her place, uh, her oh, home. All of their houses have like a lot of their personality to it, which is really great. Oh, it's Both so... of their houses, their, their rooms here, and when you eventually find their homes, it's so good. This is like some uh, Minerva's Den level shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. Um, but, but Dr. Dalla, um, in her home, all of her, um, all of her mirrors are smashed, which uh, kind of imply that after she became this think tank man, uh, monstrosity, she uh, um, was just kind of like, oh, I, I don't want to see myself anymore because she was so attached to being human. Um, but uh, the kind of the way that you do this is actually like, uh, at least I did, I passed a perception check just to say like, oh, there's nothing wrong with this. Well, I guess it's a fetish now that you have with the human body. And so, you know, she's like a resource mill. If you go yeah. there and just breathe in front of her, she audibly comes and then, no, oh, well, I got some, I got some shit now. Okay, cool. Yeah. Some like, le- you know, electron packs and some ammo and things like that. Yeah. Some scrap metal. Like she just kind of creates it. Yeah. And you can, you can tell her there's nothing wrong with it. You can also just kind of perform for her as well to kind of manipulate her. I'm <laughs> um, doing increasingly like more, less sexual, but just more human things. Like you have these little options, it's like scratch your nose slowly, <laughs> things like that. And these things get her off. Um, so. Which like this, this should be gross like if it was kind of like hey make this woman come and then you had a, like a bunch of choice i'd be like no i'd rather not should, play this it game a robot. yeah <laughs> yeah like it like the fact that it's a robot makes it okay <laughs> yep. um super super cool um you can kind of learn about the other courier uh from her and from dr o um a little bit and uh you know you find out that elijah was through here uh with christina mm-hmm. and then the other courier and yeah. uh eventually um there are two different visits and one of them was a fight yes uh, which is where dr eight got damaged right um dr klein um he, he's there uh he says that oh these scorpions the dr mobius is sending to us uh they drain your intelligence you never see that happen um mm-hmm. and that's because that's just an excuse that dr o came up with <laughs> to explain yeah. why he could not uh he could not discover their schematics that's which so again, good <laughs> 
And he his whole thing is he's just kind of the leader. He's the head researcher. Yeah, but um, he has so he, uh, he has nothing to his credit. Like he's got no, no published papers or anything. No. He says he's the first chair back from the days in chairs. Back in the days of chairs. Um, <laughs> the days of chairs. Super, super good. And then, then finally, Dr. Boris, uh, who has the, has the serial radio voice. And he's kind of obsessed with high school. He's representing the nerdness that is, yeah. uh, you know, that grows up to make a successful webcomic and then become a huge bully. Because um, <laughs> the, uh, they can't get out of high school. Is, is, is there a webcomic artist who has especially pissed you off recently? Uh, no, there's just the, the the same one, but if I'm talking about insecure nerds, okay, uh, it, you know, I'm talking about Penny Arcade, okay, cool. um, you know, the Penny Arcade, the, the one who's a the big jerk, okay, not the one who's like just allows the other guy to be a jerk, <laughs> not just the accessory big jerk, yeah, not, and not just the enabler of jerkness, the <laughs> right. one who's actually a jerk, okay. I just um, you've said that a couple times this episode. I just want to make sure. <laughs> this guy, well, the first time was just kind of it randomly occurred to me. This is the time mm-hmm. it actually came up. Okay, like it's, you know, it's the same kind of uh, you know, get over high school nerds. Um, <laughs> the, uh, it's been 10 to 15 years come on yeah i mean for this guy it's been hundreds of years right. uh and it, it's played for comedy that he doesn't you mm-hmm. know um but he's the animal animologist kind of the, the animal researcher mm-hmm. and i love this whole thing because he's talking about he's like he created the wonderful cazadors and night stalkers <laughs> and he's just like it was fantastic they can't breed they're totally safe and you're like nope no. you know they definitely have i've been through their nest and, and he's he like, will not listen to you yeah ridiculous uh <laughs> no they've killed the me worst. like tens of times yeah, yeah. Doctor the... Boris is the least redeemable, and like that's yeah. saying something because Klein is the the, the main villain of this. Yeah. yeah. Um, <sighs> so you know, you just kind of get all his backstories for super fun, and they tell you explicitly like, "Hey, don't go explore, make a direct <laughs> path." But of course, you're not going to do that. No, because <laughs> because like the person who wrote this, Chris Avalon, knows what kind of game this is. Yes. Yep. Um, <laughs> so you go out and explore uh, the Big Empty. Um, the Big Empty is just a huge map. <laughs> um, you know, kind of like it's maybe a size of like a quarter or a sixth of the Mojave mm-hmm. um, with just a bunch of different like facilities and little secrets and things to explore. Yeah. So as uh, you're out here, you encourage, you encounter these uh, lobotomites and uh, kind of cyber dogs and just kind of different creatures that are uh, really chasing you down. This is hard. It's super hard. Yeah. Um, the one thing about like, I mean, in when dead money, when the difficulty was in service to the story, mm-hmm. I was more into it here. The difficulty doesn't seem particularly relevant. Yeah what they this the dlc wants to do so it's not my favorite thing right um you also these uh, x51 trauma harnesses which are so <laughs> cool like they, you find the backstory of these things and they just look like sci-fi it's like a skull head inside a big spacesuit. Mm-hmm. um but there were these uh these suits you could wear and the idea was if you were out uh, working on things and you had your arm broken the suit would walk you back to safety right um, but the suits stayed alive and have this kind of <laughs> rudimentary AI. So they just have skeletons in there. They're <laughs> yeah. not conscious. It's just the suit you're fighting with a skeleton inside it. But they're still fulfilling the initial mission of the big empty. Yeah. It was super great. Yeah. Um, we didn't really mention this, but the other place you can go into the sink, which is your uh, your base for this. And it's one of my favorite like player home bases in games. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's, that's going to be like the main way that you explore most of this map is because like, you've got all these appliances that when you kind of like examine them, they say like, oh, there's no personality chip in these things. Like bringing this place up to its kind of like full capacity involves going all over, but you, you are like getting new characters, like new servants, right? Like, so like, as you're going around it, you have your bed, but like, eventually you get stuff that kind of breaks the game. Yeah, yeah. It just gives you these different kinds of functionality yeah. uh, things. You know, you initially start out with a butler uh, who's a merchant yeah. and can repair everything, and then eventually you get uh, get to other things. This ends up being problematic if you're playing on hard mode because he runs out of ammo to sell you, mm. and you can run out of ammo pretty easily yeah. uh, because everything takes a thousand hits. Um, <laughs> 
But uh, it tells you you can. There's a question mark that tells you how to go get all these personality chips yeah. and pieces for this. Um, the cool thing about this is the way that um, New Vegas took a lot of bits of Van Buren and incorporated it. This is the EPA from uh, the fall that was cut from Fallout Two, more or less. Hmm. Um, in Fallout Two, you're supposed to go to the Environmental Protection Agency that had all these animate, uh, you know, uh, appliances that had personalities like Mr. Kemi and stuff like that. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Toaster and things like that. Uh, some of them are directly from it. They have different personalities, but right. this was something they tried to do in Fallout 2. Hmm. And uh, the way that there's a content mod for Fallout 2 that lets you kind of play with the EPA. Oh, that's great. In there. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm glad they finally got to do that idea because the idea is really fun. Mm -hmm. And it works um, here so well. Right, because like so many of these appliances are like designed by the uh, the individual uh, uh, brain trust members. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about the uh, the appliances. Um, yeah. and then, I mean, for the most part, we're going to skip over the gameplay part because you're just going into a, like a, a tech building to get the chip. Right, and we're going to hit those later too. Like, yeah. you know, so many when of these places. Part of the main quest. Yeah, like this is like this is meant to make like you know kind of these increasingly wide concentric circles around this uh, kind of environment they give you. But uh, mm -hmm. I want I want to hit these. So my favorite. Absolutely, is Muggsy. Oh, Muggsy's great. Yeah, <laughs> so, Muggsy, rather. So, or Muggy, yeah. He's this uh, he's this tiny robot Protectron uh, who wants mugs, and he is uh, psychotic and obsessed. And he very much knows, like, well, I wasn't, you know, I wish it wasn't designed this way, but I want mugs! Yeah, yeah. I was designed to know that I am insane. <laughs> um, he wants to clean up mugs in the, in this wasteland. Uh, cool. I, I hate to be a guy who repeats tweets. Yep. There was a, so I can't remember who it was. Somebody tweeted recently. They were like... Uh, it's one of my favorite tweets I've seen in a very long time. Where he's like, I went to I went to Paris. The coolest thing I saw was definitely that little uh, chip from Beauty and the Beast. He's still around. He's just a bunch of dust in a baggie now, but he still moves. <laughs> <laughs> Who tweeted that? I can't remember. I don't know. I can't remember. It's on my timeline somewhere because I, I it's the best. <laughs> it's so scary. <laughs> That's so good. Like, but Muggsy, Muggsy's fucking pissed off because he, he was meant to like take care of the brain trust needs, but they've evolved beyond body, so they don't, they don't drink coffee anymore. Yeah, since yeah, he's he's a coffee cleaner who no longer has coffee. You can bring him mugs, and he turns them into ammo or something. Yeah, it's it's like um, Wonder Glue and a bunch of it. Like you just break these things down. Like you you otherwise wouldn't have picked up. Like you know. <laughs> Most of these like incidental items that you find are just kind of like oh, I'm not gonna pick that up because it's just weight. But no, like you just like now I'm paying attention to finding mugs because I want to make Mugsy happy. He seems like yeah. an okay guy other other than his crazy fetish. He gets a little rush. Yeah, um, he's like he's a, he's a miniature Securitron with a with a little tiny mug for a face. <laughs> um, I like him a lot. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, the book the book shoot is about uh, like uh erasing sedition and communist propaganda right down to uh any books right and the dangerousness of ideas in them not just books but uh, um he even wants to get rid of clipboards and pencils yeah too because you can use them to write ideas right and he was very clearly uh um, designed by dr boris yes yeah um so you can bring that back and get some uh some resources off of the back of him um i also love the biological research station yeah, who's who very white, essentially. <laughs> exactly. He's a super sensual, oh yeah, old circus design, ready to receive your seed. Yeah, he wants seeds. <laughs> He's going to make these plants fuck. Um, and then he can make things into the salient green, which is this plant matter you can use to create cloned versions of plants. Yeah, so if you just have like a bunch of plants that you don't know what to do with, you can change them into Xander root and whatever other uh, material you need to make like stim pack stuff. So like yeah. as you're trapped here, that's another way to kind of get more resources. 
Yep. Super useful. Um, the sink is this kind of like, uh, uh, oh gosh, the uh, the bureaucrat from uh, from Futurama. She's a British lady who is very, very uh, tidy. She doesn't want you to be filthy, and she does not want you to pour stuff down her throat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she, she mostly allows you to refill water. If you find empty water containers, you can make purified water mm-hmm. from her. Um, the auto dock is this tired, like, kind of cowboy doctor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He's used for two things. Uh, first, he allows you to redefine your your perks. If you want to, you can do that once mm-hmm. in the in the game. Um, you can also, uh, if you eventually you get your heart, spine, and brain back, and they come with different perks too because uh, Alpha Protocol lessons, nothing is bad for the player. It's just between <laughs> two good things yeah. um, with, with kind of mild downsides, but he can swap them out whenever right. you want. Yeah, and um, uh, there yeah. are like uh, the, the, this expands some of the cybernetics that you could get from the uh, from the clinic in New Vegas mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, this guy's uh, pretty great. This is uh, kind of over- overpowered. Uh, I'll spoil something. Like eventually, you can get a uh, a gun that teleports you to this place. So this is kind of just like one loading screen away from having the most overpowered uh, player base that you could ever get in a video yeah. game. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a lot like those Oblivion DLCs. Yeah, where it's like yeah. the Wizard's Tower for two dollars, and it just like gives you everything <laughs> you could ever want. Yeah. Um, there are two light switches who are in a fight. Um, <laughs> they're they're real catty. That's kind of the idea is that they they hate each other. It's like kind of two valley girls. Yep. who hate each other and they do uh, mood lights yeah um you can give them mods to where they put on these kind of like light therapy thing they'll increase your give you a temporary buff they mm-hmm. increase your charisma or intelligence yeah it's smart lights alexa yeah. makes me make me make me make me smarter yes yeah. yep um there is a toaster <laughs> i love uh, the toaster i love him yeah uh, give, giving him a toaster is like the best thing <laughs> um like a little bit because so he's a toaster he just wants to burn the world but he's small um and he's like if i was bigger i could do it because i create heat Mm-hmm. Um, and he wants to kill all lesser toasters, um, which if you give him a toaster, the dialogue is a hoot. Like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I'm not going to do it. Are you scared? I'm not going to do anything. <laughs> you know, and just, you know, destroys him. So the toaster he's, is wonderful. He's like, uh, he's like Zorak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, and then also uh, we forgot about the uh, the jukebox. Who's this uh, old blind Dio Jefferson? He's a yep. blues man, and uh, this is the guy who will reprogram your Sonic emitter with these different recordings that you find. Um, and you activate all these guys by going out into this uh, the big empty and finding these uh, these tapes that will mm-hmm. kind of like charge them up. And uh, through your central butler kind of guy, the C three PO personality list dude, uh, you're able to kind of like deactivate their personalities, which I don't see why you would do that. Uh, like if you just, I like letting people opt into fun. Yeah, you know, it's like if, if if it's just not fun for you, just don't do it. Mm. You know, but like I, I like that's an option. It doesn't hurt me. That's an option. I'm glad that it doesn't happen automatically or anything. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't. But I like the personality. I don't but. understand those people. I, w- yeah. I don't want them to do what they want to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The other kind of miscellaneous question you have around here is uh, Boros tells you to go find his dog at some point, and there's a couple of things involved in this. But if you go to eventually, you go to this test village, Higgs uh, Higgs Village, mm-hmm. where they all lived, which is kind of fun. You're going to get a lot of these chips here. You're going to see their houses before they got turned into brains. Yeah. Um, you go to uh, the dog house where his dog was. Um, in the regular game, you just get his dog bowl here. If you have Wild Wasteland, uh, his dog is replaced with a, a tiny miniature Deathclaw. Oh shit! I didn't realize that was a that was a thing. I, yeah, I, it's, it's a Wild Wasteland. Yeah. No, this is uh, the, the, it looks super weird because he's about the size of an infant, but he still hits as hard as a Deathclaw does. Yeah, yeah, and he it's it's a Gremlins reference. He's uh, he's got a little mohawk. He's he's like striped from the Gremlins. Mm. Okay, and that's why he won't go near the fountain in the middle is because they died in a fountain in oh, Gremlins. Yeah. I had no, uh, I, I didn't catch that reference. No. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you go to, uh, the, the, uh, these, these three little places, yeah. to, uh, these three different 
places to get uh, get tech MacGuffins. Yeah, and there are so many more places in this too. Like you can find all of the uh, like the origin places for some of the new beasts. Like you can get to the lab that uh, that made the Cazadors, right, and fight like test subject so and so and so and so. Yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a legendary bloat fly here who's really tough. Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of these things you can fight. Yeah, um, and you get little perks that like make you better against uh, night stalkers and Cazadors and everything. Yeah. So the extra uh, the extra teen lab is a place where they were testing this uh, this stealth suit of armor, and so you gather up pieces of this thing and uh, eventually assemble it until uh, it creates this new suit of armor, this uh, X two uh, stealth armor that uh, injects you with chems, but also talks to you. Yeah, this is kind of a callback to the med uh, prototype medic power armor. Yeah, and it even says like, "Hey, you don't have any stim packs. You might need that other suit of armor." Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it references it. And I love this because it's a stealth mission, which, like, it's not like the stealth engine in these games is great. Mm-hmm. But the degree, like, you can do it once. It's pretty easy. If you throw on a stealth boy, you can just walk through it mm-hmm. and fulfill the quest. Yeah. If you want to keep doing the harder and harder versions of it, uh, you get upgrades to your stealth suit. Right. So if you are playing a stealth character and want to do that, you can you can keep going. Right. And uh, get get new kind of uh, new kind of bonuses for it. Yeah, and it escalates the challenge too. It goes from like uh, to so here here are robots you're avoiding to lasers to like proximity sensors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. It is uh, um, kind of the biggest quest in here is probably the X eight right. uh, lab, which yeah. is this. Uh, it's two. It's kind of two things they were doing. <sighs> this annoys uh, me so much. You go through this too way too many times. Yeah. Um, it is, this is, it's a little excruciating because it's funny the first time and it's just the joke is repeated too often. I get the sense they just wanted some more kind of gameplay mm-hmm. for it. Which like, man, you've got so much more than gameplay here. Just like lean into it. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> but yeah, X8 is where, uh, so Dr. Boris is the guy who is, uh, kind of like the master of cyber dogs. And this is the, uh, the cyber dog, uh, kind of, uh, testing facility. So they brought people in and said, Hey, infiltrate this, uh, this institution, which is a high school, um, mm-hmm. again, you know, fighting the commies and, uh, these cyber dogs will come after you and get you. Um, but, uh, like it iterates in super un- uninteresting ways, like to take full advantage of this, you have to get the sonic emitter upgrade that will destroy the force fields. Yes. Um, but it's mostly the same thing over and over again. Yeah. You're going through this thing and you're getting these uh, student records that reflect the, the psyche of Dr. Boros. Oh yeah. Which I like is him just kind of, you know, disliking, uh, you know, the, the little, little Jimmy or whatever who likes to play with balls. You know, and things like that. Like, I like this little window into his insecurity and him never leaving high school. Mm-hmm. You just go through it too many times. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's just you have to do it too many times. Yeah. Um, eventually, you're doing this whole thing over and over until eventually you can lock, go into the actual uh, cyber dog pen. Right. Or, or the pen where uh, his pet dog, Gabe, is, mm-hmm. um, who's down there. And uh, and we should have mentioned this, Boo. After you do the um, the stealth thing, uh, Dr., uh, Dr. Mobius sends his cyber scorpions. <laughs> oh yeah yeah like so after you finish all of these like the world progressively gets more full of scorpions which are yes. just really heavily armored things like this is a place where it's great to use energy weapons even yeah. though most of the wasteland um has been not like you know hostile to energy weapon strategies but just kind of like indifferent to them like this is a place where it mostly makes sense to use those the dlc for dps you really need to lean into energy stuff during uh, this DLC and the next one, yeah, to, to be successful, like you can I talk, find. you can talk the brain trust into giving you a like regular ballistic weapon, which is uh, like a like a big weapon that uses a cyber dog brain to guide the bullets, which yeah. is kind of fun. But like otherwise, like no, you just need to use energy weapons. Every time you holster that weapon, it, it whimpers like a dog. <laughs> it's pretty great. 
Um, I shouldn't laugh at that. And, That's like kind of sad. It, when it sees uh, and when enemies pop up, it barks. If you have it out. <laughs> so it's it's pretty great. Yeah. Um, even though it is a dog's brain in there, there's a thing you can do here too, where you actually can combine um, different different things. There's a splicing lab hmm. here where you can, if you go to your left when you first go into this facility, I want to hmm. say, or the back entrance of it, um, you can uh, flip. The, you can splice things. Um, you you splice a uh, lobotomite and a robot. And you get this really funny cutscene where there is a robo brain walking around that just woke up. It's like, wow, th- this is what it's like to feel. I'm seeing everything, and like it's really, and then it just blows up uh, as it has this epiphany, um, which is really cute. Um, you make just a big expo- meat explosion. Mm-hmm. Um, there's something you can do. I didn't do it this time because I missed the flags or forgot or was ran out of time or something. But there's a way to uh, merge a dog with a brain and create a robo dog companion that just helps you out. Oh, really? Or during this map, yeah. You can't take him back to the wasteland, but you can get a little buddy. Hmm. Um, I don't yeah. remember how you do it. There's also one of these, I think it was the uh, the X-13 Stealth, where there was the VR room, where, where, like, the test subject was really bitter and, like, knew exactly that, you know, like, I was, I'm going to die in this, so I'm going to try and break the system so I don't have to, oh, like, yeah. survive in this endless hell forever. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many, like, small, great touches like that in this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is It is really detailed. Like, <laughs> I said this before, but we I thought about when New Vegas definitely seemed too new to do, I was like, let's just do an episode on just this. Mm-hmm. Because we could have done a WAF on just overall blues and done this stuff in more detail, I think. Oh, for sure. Um, So eventually you get into this little room with Gabe and set up as this backyard. Um, (laughs) He's buried the thing that you need somewhere. Yeah, that's a solid commander thing. Dig through, uh, kind of avoid him. um, Why He has this nuclear core uh, (laughs) that, uh, you know, he'll try to fight you. So you have to kind of stealthily avoid him and dig things up. I was high enough level to kill him and survive Mm -hmm. the nuclear explosion. Yeah, you can you can murder him. Like if you, yeah. if you aggro him, you can murder him. I, at this point, I had so many stealth boys. It was just like I'm just if there's something I can sneak past, I'm gonna sneak past it. Um, eventually, the the scorpions come in though, and then they will fight him, and then he'll die. Yeah. And uh, Boris starts getting super sad about it, mm-hmm. um, and just like you, he starts realizing like, hey, I did these things with my dog. <laughs> he well, no, he's not sad that his dog died. He's sad that he's sad that his dog died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he doesn't like, really understand it. It's like, wait a minute, why am I feeling these? Ah, strange, the strange pain at yeah. this kind of thing. Like he's like he's fully gone over to monsterdom, you know. And you can you can twist the knife too when you talk to him. You're like, yeah, it seems like Gabe really loved you. Like he didn't really have any capability to do to do anything else besides like follow you as his leader and just kind of like trust his being to you entirely, huh? Yep. Well, oh, yeah, huh? And he really <laughs> fucked that up, huh? What a weird, what a weird, weird. story, huh? I don't know. Yeah. Well, whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Like, a... yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Wonder what that happened there. Um, <laughs> so, which is good because he's a bad guy. Well, yeah. Um, but eventually, you have to do this uh, X eight chamber a couple more times, and it sucks. Yeah, it just gets this, very boring, man. And just like the, this, made me like see the weakness in this a little bit. Like so much, of what's great about Old World Blues is the is the text and stuff like that. Normally, I'm the guy who's like, oh yeah, give me all the text and the gameplay can be kind of be like, oh yeah, I will I will extend a lot of leniency to it. But I was like, like oh, just too many times. Too yeah, many it's times just, it, in X eight. Yeah, it's padding. You know, it's when people talk about padding that this this part is padding. Yep. Um, X twelve, yeah, the, really? There's yep. not much there to it. Like you just have to go get this uh, satellite dish from a building that has a lot of like robots in it. Um, something you can see about this. So you're seeing signs of Elijah around here. Um, like mm-hmm. one of the personality cores is on top of a radio building, um, and you find one, like one of Elijah's camps there as well. Um, and, uh, Elijah's, uh, he has like a camp near the concentration camp where they took, uh, Chinese dissidents 
um, and put them there. You can see that yeah. there. But like X12 really is just like combat frames with these dead bodies in them again that we talked about. Uh, the armor, the intelligent armor. And uh, you just have to steal the broadcast tower stuff from it. Yeah, and w- once you actually get that antenna, you can use it as a weapon that does uh, bonus damage to robots. Right. As well, which is kind of fine. Um, after you've done all these things, you actually get the old world blues, uh, the quest. Right. And um, where you take these technologies back to Klein, and he doesn't even really know what to do with them. And you can kind of <laughs> call him on this beforehand. Yeah. Be like, yeah, what, why am I getting these things? And, he's, and he kind of dances around it. Um, and you kind of have to tell him why, um, which is pretty great. <laughs> right. You can pass a science check to like tell him like, hey, you probably want to do this or so. But he's more kind of fixated on just kind of like pointing out formatting errors in Mobius's code. Like, yeah. oh, use spaces instead of tabs. Like, eh, well... That's not really the point here, you fucking dipshit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you go to the Forbidden Zone, which, like, thankfully is not very much of a dungeon. Oh, no. Like, I really like this. Just This is just a hangar, really. It's not even that protected. Yeah. Yeah. It's near <laughs> this really weird area where there are uh, these crystal uh, growths. Yeah. And there are, there are the, uh, the plant, the spore carriers. Mm-hmm. are from here as well so like yeah. you get the sense that that's where that science was developed yeah the uh the vault 22 uh yeah. kind of like plant monster things yeah um but eventually um you get to this uh this gigantic hangar with a gigantic uh robo scorpion <laughs> and gigantic i mean like room filling like the biggest enemy you fight in the game yeah yeah and like you've heard yeah. like tell of this you've heard legends of them yeah um but uh you don't have to fight them directly if you don't want to you can pass these checks by kind of like going around and doing this uh kind of like half-life you know gordon freeman kind of stuff to uh mm-hmm. to disable the systems one by one yeah yeah and it's you know just kind of a boss fight um until you get into the dome and you find mobius and like you know mobius has been these recordings have been going through about him doing his evil villain speeches <laughs> and he's just this doddering old man who's addicted to mentats yep. and what i love about this is everywhere that he's been in the big empty you've seen mentats mm-hmm. like if you go to his old house if you go to his room in the uh the think tank um, you see signs of this until you eventually see it, and he's really amiable. Yeah, he's just kind of like, um, oh, yes, hello, uh, welcome to me. He's like he's like a Bob Odenkirk character from Mr. Show. Yeah, yeah, yeah like a nice Bob Odenkirk old man. Um, <laughs> and I love that this is where you get the, the story of this whole thing, yeah. which I fucking love, uh, <laughs> which is that um, all of him and the think tank, uh, they're all programmed to have these kind of recursion loops. Yeah. So, um, so all the names like Dr. Zero, Dr. Mobius, even Dr. Mobius, yeah. um, you know, down in the Dr. Eight. Dr. Mandala. Yeah. 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 Um, they're, they're, they're all like significant of, uh, you know, infinity, which is like, okay, we needed to kind of like put them in these symbolic loops to make sure that they didn't destroy the world with their genius. Yeah, with with their genius and their just unchecked like stupidity, you know, their science run them up, which is what nuclear war is. Yeah. Um, you know, which it plays in the Fallout themes really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you know you find out Doctor Mobius's plan here to do this, and it's great. <laughs> and it's like, oh yeah, I just I'm I'm trying to keep them busy. <laughs> right. You know, I keep sending out Robo Scorpions. I can do this forever. They are unable to to fight things uh, or meaningfully put up a, a defense and actually think about themselves and actually consider how to get out of the big empty because they're too busy dealing with me. This is, this is a staged war that just keeps, you know, it's like GI Joe. We're just going to like shoot over each other's heads and have fun, you know, for a little while. And that's, what's going to stop these people yeah. from wreaking havoc and actually being the end of the wasteland. Yeah. And so uh, we, we kind of glossed over it. Like the, every time we've heard Dr. Movius before, um, this was from a time when he was more together 
Um, mm-hmm. It was a recording, like it was him playing up this kind of like sci-fi antagonist, like, I'm going to use super science to blah, blah, blah. It was like trapped them into this like stereotypical war of science against science. Yeah. 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 It's really cool. Like it's, it's super subversive. I really <laughs> like it. I like how like, like he's the good guy. Here. You know, it's like a real simple subversion, but it's, yeah. it's effective. Um, and you know, you kind of being there kind of fucked up. Your brain was different, um, <laughs> which meant that you would be able to actually succeed. Right. Uh, be- and it's different because you got shot in the head. Yes. You have the, 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 those two bullets in there. So, yeah. <laughs> so like, that's why your brain was flushed away. And that's why, you know, you were able to kind of like maintain your ability as opposed to like all these lobotomites that you've seen who were just, you know, kind of re- reduced down to this, uh, very simplistic monster like, uh, behavior. Yeah. So super cool, like this idea of just like this, this, this terrible, terrible force just keeping itself busy. <laughs> and, you know, these people who maybe you've kind of grown to have sympathy for because everybody other than Dr. Boros and Klein are pretty sympathetic. Yeah. Um, you know, are actually crazy dangerous. Yeah. And they're dangerous to the, Maho- the, to the Mojave. Like, you know, if they are, you know, allowed to be set loose, uh, they're going to hurt everybody that you know and love. Yeah, like right. I mean, they they created those those uh, the hologram things that Elijah mm-hmm. went to go get that are super dangerous. They created Cazadors and Night Stalkers. Like mm-hmm. they're already dangerous to the Mojave. Yeah, um, so the, the, super cool. <laughs> What's wonderful like, really about this too is uh, it it is very much like a like a Wizard of Oz kind of thing. You mm-hmm. know, like they took away your brain, your heart, and your spine. You know, your you know your smarts, your uh, your courage, and your empathy, yeah. and uh, you have to get them back. You know. Like, yeah. and that, that, that is very much like, you know, lampshaded here. Like, he's like, yes, this is just an extended wizard of, wizard of Oz metaphor. Yeah. So, so good. You know, super cool. Like, you, so you get the idea and you can, at this point, you could still kill Dr. Dr. Uh, Mobius if you want to. Because he, he doesn't um, know better. He's just like, he's entirely gone. Like, yeah, he, and he is just well, fulfilling this loop. Like, he is making everybody else fulfill this loop. Which, it, which is a good loop. We want this loop, you know? So, like, we don't want, like, I don't, it's the bad ending, I think, to kill him. Like, I'd say mm-hmm. that's the immoral thing to do, um, is to break this loop. Um, but then eventually, like, you're like, hey, I need my brain back regardless. Um, you have to fight him if you can't convince him to leave it up to the brain. Like, mm-hmm. you'd be like, let's, let's, let's let the lady decide, okay, fella? You know, which <laughs> one of us uh, he, she wants to go home with. Um, and you go have a conversation with your own brain. Yep. Uh, at the end of this. <laughs> um, it has a male voice. Uh, and that's yep. only because female voice modulators are very hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and and you can just, and it's like, why would I come back? Like, you keep getting shot and irradiated. <laughs> like, it knows everything you've done. Like, you've yeah. done nothing but put me into danger. Like, I have two bullets in me because of your fuck upness. Yeah. Why would I come back to you? Yep. And uh, you don't have to get it back. No. Like, you know, you can you can steal it. You can convince it to join with you. You know, mm-hmm. but again, I think you I, actually you might have to to beat the thing. You can actually leave it here and switch out your cybernetic yeah. brain whenever you want. But so much of this is like, oh, you, the thing that makes us human isn't our brain. It's like the hormones. It's the, it's everything else that kind of like puts fear and just every you know, like sexual desire and stuff into it. Like the, the, the brain now can think clearly because it doesn't have like testosterone or estrogen acting, yeah. acting on it running through it and you can yeah. say like hey the only reason why you think that is because you don't like this isn't the real you either <laughs> right. you know, the same way i'm not the real me mm-hmm. um you convince it to join with you um and then you head back to the the sink um and the think tank and uh, you get there and klein turns on you and it's just like hey you didn't uh you know did you kill dr mobius regardless of which you've served your purpose uh we're gonna kill you and you can say uh hey check in with your friends so if you've done <laughs> the little side quest 
to uh, to you know to make it, you can uh, get them to get him to stand down. Otherwise, you right. have to fight all of the the think yeah. tank. And it's just like pure logic. Like if he is outnumbered, then he will uh, stand down. Yes, because he knows he knows he's outvoted. Because like he has he wants to take out Doctor Mobius so he can get out and extend yeah. his influence beyond the big empty. You right. can also convince him you are Dr. Mobius and cow him into the being scared. <laughs> yes, I have replaced my brain with the brain of Dr. Mobius. Yes. So you can you can do that, which is really great. And if you're, <laughs> you know, strong enough, you can you can intimidate him and that also makes him stand down. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> and so like if you're able to resolve this peacefully, what happens is like, hey, these guys, they're smart. They're coming up with some stuff. And the courier becomes kind of the uh the the buffer between their mad science immorality and stuff that can actually be of use to people. So you take mm -hmm. care of the big empty and uh, kind of ferry this stuff onward to the Mojave to kind of help people out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then you get an epilogue that is really, really comprehensive. Yes. Uh, for all, all of the characters and all of your appliances. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And super, uh, super great. the name of the name of this is explained, you know, there's an expression called uh, old world blues, which is kind of this obsession with, you know, everything that came before. Right. Yeah. Essentially nostalgia. Yes. You know, things were better then. <laughs> um, and I, we can't move on to the future because there's no point because the past was so much yep. better. Old world blues, new world hope. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You move on. So, yeah, this is my favorite of the DLCs. It's so good. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't want to throw this word around. I want to keep it special. But like this feels profound to me. Yeah. Yeah, it works for me. And it's really good. Like the humor is really well blended with the uh, the kind of serious stuff in a way that it recalls the Venture Brothers specifically. Yeah. You know, the Venture Brothers is a profoundly sad show. Yep. Um, and it's, it's very funny, but it is actually a, a real tragedy. Like if yeah. you, you know, I've said this before, <laughs> but like the, the people who created it in interviews are like, yeah, it's a show about failure. Right. It, you know? it is. It is a supremely human show. Yeah. Yeah. And this uh, this captures that very well. Yeah, I think. So good. Um, while having like genuinely uh, laugh or chuckle out loud moments. <laughs> so very, very good. Yeah. Um, moving on to the, the climax yeah. of uh, this episode and of the DLC's Lonesome Road. In the shadow of the valley, I would like to settle down. Wide open space. So you get to Lonesome Road by uh, going to this place that's by Prim, um, into this kind of junk door, to a place called uh, the Divide, right? Yes. And, you and, want... and what's or what's noteworthy before you even go through the door is that this uh, this has been here since the beginning of the game launched, right? And there's graffiti on it that has been there since the beginning of the game. So this mm -hmm. was always planned, right? Like there's graffiti there that says "Courier, you can go home again" or something like that. <laughs> um, you know, so they've been hinting at this forever, which I love, right? Um, yeah. But even when you step through. This is a very intimidating place. Like, even the yes. skybox is this kind of, like, red apocalyptic blood kind of cast up, you know, before the sun. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're, I mean, we're going to learn the history of why this is, but that's the idea. Is this is that uh, apocalyptic, like, a fresher apocalypse mm -hmm. than anything we've done so far. Um, so you're going to walk forward. You get into the silo. Um, you, you fight some robots. And you find a pod that has a copy of Eddie in it. Yes. Um, and... Uh, you know, you find out, um, like, you, through intelligence, you can say, like, oh, you have all of Eddie's memories. You know, you've been kind of, uh, you guys share a collective consciousness, uh, which will come in later. Mm -hmm. um, and you get this tape, and you start getting Eddie lore. 
um, <laughs> about uh, Winters uh, shutting down the iBot program of uh, Colonel Aut- on Colonel Autumn's behalf. Right. Um, and there's a scientist named Whitley who actually defends the idea and says, like, no, no, they can they can feel pain. Like, we're so close to a breakthrough. <laughs> Let me keep working on this. It's yeah. a lot like We 3, actually. Yeah, comic. We, we 3 what? Uh, we 3, the comic. Okay. The uh, Grant Morrison comic about... Uh, it's real good if you haven't read that. Cool. I have not. Uh, it's uh, it's very good. It's about hmm. uh, essentially like robot animal hybrids. Hmm. Uh, and it's uh, it's very sad. Yeah. But uh, you'll remember uh, Winters from the SideQuest episode um, where we yes. did Eddie's kind of like a, a companion quest with this. And you'll remember Colonel Autumn from something or other. Yeah. From, um, from, from, from that other game. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's kind of the idea. Like Winters took kind of this, uh, you know, it took a very protective stance for Eddie, like he didn't want to experiment on him when he was conscious, uh, when he had any kind of uh, awareness of what was going on around him. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So as you're going uh, along in this, um, you find this graffiti that says like, Hey, go home. Um, when we get to the silo, this, uh, this mysterious voice pipes in through Eddie and says like, Hey, you know, you are a piece of shit. Like for, for... <laughs> that is so off the tone of you of ulysses i would yep. love it if that's what he did he was just like hey guy you're a, you're a piece of shit <laughs> as opposed to what ulysses the old is like courier you know, you know there's like courier just, you're a piece of shit growling know. philosophy <laughs> that he yells at you yep yeah so uh you know that, that that is not me representing it but like he is taking you to task so for me because i was allowed with the ncr he uh he protests against me you know cooperating with the bear um and uh you know he introduces himself like you know this is Ulysses. he is the one you know who was supposed to carry this chip so i remember way 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 back when uh you know in prim when we found out there was somebody who when they saw my name on the roster they said no no this person should probably do it and then went on his way um and this is the other courier and couriers apparently in this world so in my world there are people who ride bikes um (laughs) and carry envelopes uh from one place to another which is a noble task right um that is the, the that is a job that's cool like it might be nice to be outside and take you know take things from nice people to nice people cool uh but in this world couriers are an anime profession which is keep like going. keep going, People like elaborate. Th- what do you mean? This by that? this is a mundane thing that takes on cosmic importance because that job becomes your identity. You are a crossword solver. You are a lawyer. You are a so and so. Like courier to to Ulysses has not just you know it's not just the thing you do. It is what you are and is what he is. Yeah, right. to, to Ulysses. It's not like in this world that's what couriers mean. This right. is this is a really a singularly skewed perspective that we're hearing right. from him. Who like that's how that's how he feels because Ulysses is kind of like a uh God, like I feel like I've met people like this mm-hmm. who know a little philosophy um and who are really into kind of twisting, uh using semiotics and symbols to be really nihilistic about things okay you know like and just kind of twist arguments so he's like you're a courier you know you you carry these symbols you are you have this power to you know to do these things and at the end of the day if this person was saying this in real life like and this is how my character responded in the game too is like not not really like (laughs) it was a job you know like you're 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 ascribing additional importance to this and you're making this aggrandized in a way to serve your narrative right uh, in a way like i think ulysses is kind of a piece of shit but in a way that is 
compelling and real to me. Uh, yeah. It, it, without it, compelling, not convincing. If if not like sympathetic, then grokkable. You know, yeah, I, like, I understand this. Like, I've met people like that again. Yeah, you know, like, it's like this, this makes sense to me. But like, Jesus Christ, yeah, it's like th- th- things that are just kind of minor choices to you become major choices to somebody else because of either the way they see things, or in Ulysses, uh, Ulysses' case, you know, the way that it's affected them. Yes, because as it kind of comes out, and this comes out slowly. Um, but th- I mean, this, this is kind of a morass too. this, this, there's not really, there are separate quests mm-hmm. in this, but it's really just one big quest right. of going from one end of this road to the other. And we should talk about the individual encounters and, or the individual kind of gameplay elements, but this is, this is trickle, what you find out, and this is trickled out to you, but just so mm-hmm. you, you know, have the kind of the story, um, you find out that you, uh, what is the name of the village in Final Fantasy four? Uh, Mist. Yeah. You village of Mist at this place. Yes. Um, as so, a courier. So, you know, back in the past, before you were shot in the head by uh, by Chandler, uh, mm-hmm. you, uh, in passing through this place, which is kind of a major um, thoroughfare between the, the, you know, the West and the East, um, uh, you kind of carried along this kind of like AI package or, you know, launch codes to detonate the, uh, the, the nuclear missiles that were kind of in the silos beneath the divide. Yes, right. they didn't launch. They just exploded, which is why the ground is cracked and destroyed and why this area is devastated. Yes, and even why, um, like, you know, people who once were enemies, the Legion and the NCR, are now kind of, like, mutated into these marked men and fighting against you. Yes. Because you, you brought death to this place. Right. Like you did it. And when I say that, like, Ulysses is kind of a piece of shit in this regard— <laughs> Um, like, it's just that you can just be like, Hey, I have no memory of that. You know, or you could say <laughs> right. like, Hey, for... they didn't tell me, like, I just did a job. I had no way of knowing. Yeah. For me, it was and, Tuesday. Yes, exactly. And, and he spins everything you say in this way. I don't think this is bad writing. I think it is indicative of a character who like has a lot of, uh, historical kind of intelligence and very little emotional intelligence. Yeah. Well, he know? was like uh, Caesar's right hand man for a long time. Yeah. So he's, he's got that kind of like militaristic overly practical bent yeah you know so no matter what you say he's just like it d- doesn't matter that you intended does it matter that you didn't know and i'm like and you can keep saying like yes yeah, of course that <laughs> like, I'm, like i'm sorry that i did this to you but i yeah. had no idea like i'm a, you, I'm a victim in this as well you you're you know? assigning much more importance to me than actually exists yes and and it makes sense for him kind of breaking his brain kind of breaking with this, you know, like that he sees you as responsible because he thinks in terms of symbols. Like when you talk to him, he brings that up explicitly. Yeah. Like you know? he, so, he never refers to the NCR Kaiser's Legion. He refers to the bull and the bear and the symbols of the old world, which is the United States flag. Right. Which you know? he wears this, on his back. Yeah. He had this idea of like this being a place where we could actually kind of rebuild this, make this new world that, you know, he sees you as having destroyed um, but that wasted potential, the fact that that didn't happen, needs to have a symbol as well. Right. So you get the sense that you were pinned up as this kind of scapegoat, this emotional scapegoat for him. Mm-hmm. Where Again, a very like, you know, like the, the, all the villains of these games or these uh, DLCs are all just kind of people who are insane in different ways. Right. With varying degrees of how compelling and interesting their insanity is. Right. Even if you don't want to say like insane, like people who are broken by circumstances and who have their fixations. Yes. You know? Yeah. We're not, yeah, who are not uh, of sound, I guess, I mean, are not making reasonable decisions right there we go um yeah so that that's him so you you can kind of you can watch his like weaseling right out of these things as you make <laughs> like, compelling arguments back and back yeah. to him like hey this is crazy you know this is this is really this is not 
yeah. the thinking of a sound mind. Yeah. And he's just like, no, it doesn't matter. Like you are this person. He just sticks to the party line. And, and, and what's weird about this is, you know, like you can role play this game you know, as somebody from any different position and like you can pit that against it. But like, especially if you're playing it as like, oh, this is the this is the decision that I as a person would have made, you know, yeah. not, not only in my past, but just kind of like if somebody told me, hey, you made this huge accident, I would, you know, say it was an accident. Right. So yeah. like, you know, this is this is kind of you arguing against Chris Avalone. And this isn't me saying like, oh, Chris Avalon is the person who is against us. Like Avalon in the past has said like, oh, Ulysses represents my idea about like where the ncr fits into this like yeah. what the ideal wasteland would look like not encumbered by kind of the symbols of the past you know yeah. and so as you're kind of like going against this as you know in this in this climactic thing he will always weasel around you you know mm -hmm. by you know using this high rhetoric but actually like it is still something that is very low and personal to his heart and he doesn't want to admit any of that and that's no. what i one of the things i really like about this is that the one of the ways you can get this this nonviolent ending for him is by digging into that heart, and the right. way you do it is by finding his his words, like referring mm -hmm. to things that have happened, um, re referring to your player actions. So things mm -hmm. like um, you've done back in the main game, or uh, audio logs you found of him, and be like, you know, no, you're a really hurt, damaged person, right? You know, that's <laughs> like, what this is. Nobody would blame you for the things that you've experienced. Yeah. Right. Like it's just your reaction and kind of the like the logic you've imposed on everybody else. This, you know, what what symbol do you march under? You know, yeah. is, is kind of his mantra. Right. The world doesn't work that way, though. Like <laughs> right. you get when you talk, when you learn about his history, like even when he was a, a, a siege and Caesar's a legionary, mm -hmm. you know, one of these uh, frumentari, um, he was not like liked. You know, it's like, right. it's like the world doesn't work that way. He had this weird standard he held himself to. Yeah. You know, what's weird when I say that I've met people like this mm -hmm. um, when uh, back in my my high school days and just after high school and we'd go and spend all our time at this coffee shop in my hometown. Um, there was a guy who we we're friends with. and He's still a good guy who had this weird little brief fling where he hung out with a couple dudes who were like real borderline skinheads. Um, and, and we didn't like these dudes and we like stopped hanging out with them. And then eventually my friend who was like, I haven't talked to in a long time, but the guy who was my friend at the time got over it. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you know, you're trying on identities. You're a teenager. Yeah. yeah. Um, these two guys who are kind of skinheads talk just like this. Oh, like, like in absolutes kind of stuff. Yeah. In, in absolutes. And in like, you know, this, this, there's no humanity to it. It's just like, you know, you have to, if you're not standing a hundred percent behind your principles and impeccable in that respect, you're worthless. And, you know, I have no time for you. Like, like a recruiter in American history X. Right. That's what that's what Ulysses reminds me of. Yeah, like just Ulysses is kind of this idea, you know, like uh, an example of like, oh, purity is poison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, it is. Um, you know, so that, that's what they they seem like uh, here. But you can like, I love that you can kind of get around his his bullshit. Yeah, well, I mean, and also it's like finding a preponderance of of, of uh, evidence. Like yeah. you can throw his words back to him. You know, yeah. like because he is purely this kind of like philosophical and ideolo ideological being. Yes. So he's he's uh, fragile to that. Yeah. Um, so you kind of move through again. There aren't so many individual quests here. No, this is you like a big combat dungeon. Really? Yeah. It's one big, really harsh combat hallway, yep. um, which is somebody who has like, even though it's not great, I take some pleasure in the, the combat of, of this game. Mm -hmm. uh, I enjoyed uh, mostly because you end up fighting new enemies that require kind of new tactics. Right. Um, the marked men, not so much. Um, these guys are just kind of ghouls 
Um, there's a little bit of like unit tactics as you're moving through Hopeville and moving through these areas where they've mm-hmm. set up some kind of clever ambushes. Right. Uh, for you, like there'll be a sniper in the window and then <laughs> one that is behind you that, you know, you can't see until you get out in the field to take care of the first one. Things yeah. like that. Yep. And you can kind of uh, short circuit these with your uh, kind of like heat gun that is setting yes. off these uh, uh, these warheads that are kind of embedded in the landscape. And you get really good at spotting these as you go along. Yeah. And these, these will either, uh, you can use them as a hazard to blow up enemies. You sometimes have to use them to open the way forward. Right. Or they open up like treasure caches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so so you get these guys and uh, you go kind of to the uh, the first underground area. Um, and uh, these places are full of these creatures that are mutated humans called tunnelers. Yes. Yeah. Um, and these were, you get the sense that maybe these were people who worked underground no. uh, near the uh, near the explosions. Um, you know, but they are, they are like something that the wasteland has never seen. And you can, you can get this backstory on them and kind of talk about that. And Ulysses even says like, yeah, they're making their way towards the Mojave. Right. Like these, these things will be crawling throughout the Mojave in, in 20 years. Right. Um, the, uh, so they have the same kind of, uh, animations and look like these spore carrier carriers. Mm-hmm. They're just significantly tougher. Right. Um, they're they, very hard. They, they come out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can, uh, NCR who are here, you find a couple logs. Uh, they used fr- flash grenades, which are a new item for this DLC, mm-hmm. which frenzies these things. You can make them fight each other. Yes. So you can run away. Like there's yeah. nothing to be gained by like a war of attrition with these guys, with yeah. these guys. They don't spawn unlimitedly. Like you, you can clear them out, but like mm-hmm. the, uh, and you can also, if you flash grenade one of them, they will fight the other ones. But you can also run. That's valid. Right. There. Yeah. Um, so when you get out of this, Ulysses kind of cuts in and says, like, oh, you know, you've seen the tunnelers. Um, I've walked this road before. And actually, he helped kind of establish this, this town that was once at the end of it. Right. Yeah. This place, you know, the, 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 the town of the Divide as opposed to the region well, of Hope, the Divide. Hopeville. Hopeville. Right? That's it. Yeah. Hopeville. Was it? Oh, I thought it was, a, like, way at the end. So okay. he was, I, I can't. I mean, if it's right next to Hopeville. I can't remember which one it was. Something like that, yeah. But like yeah. he, you know, saw this as like the the, the hope of the West, right? Yes. Like he had walked the East as part of Caesar and came here to, uh, you know, like set something else up. And this is the the place that you destroyed. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you uh, you continue walking along. These things. Uh, I kind of mentioned this earlier, but I want to hover on it for a second. Um, how segregated the story and gameplay is. Yes. In this DLC, it is the biggest uh, problem with it. I think. Mm-hmm. is the fact that you go through these combat dungeons and then you just have very, very long Ulysses conversations mm-hmm. um, where you don't even see him. You're just looking at Eddie. Right. Um, like he's piping not, his voice through Eddie. Yeah. It's not visually dynamic. And Ulysses' voice actor, which like has gravitas, but is very flat. Right. Um, which is kind of part of his thing. Like getting him to show emotion is part of how you defeat him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's very flat and they got wearing to me. Um, just these kind of philosophical circles. <laughs> and and stuff that you send them through, it's cool, and the information is actually good. Like I like the lore a lot, but I got kind of sick of these very long conversations punctuated with these very hard combat things, which is all intentional. I think that's what they're trying to do, right? To break up the pacing. But I would have much preferred, like these, like him talking. There's a, the engine supported audio logs for this. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can't have interactive audio logs, so you couldn't really do it, right? But being able to move through the place while I listen to this, I'd much rather yeah if, if there was just like a prompt that would pop up during combat you know yeah. like as as you did it like it could even be interruptive you know but yeah. like it just if it was more integrated it would make it feel kind of like more high stakes as opposed to like this being kind of like two separate kinds of challenges it would be it more high stakes and better paced yep like it would just it wouldn't feel like i was just like stopping to watch 
a narration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's like he's obviously testing you on both fronts. You know, yes. like if he wanted to, you know, kill you or like match wits with you, he would have just met you at the entrance. Yes, and he wants you to see. Like he's he's dragging you over the coals. Like he wants you to see what you did. Right. He's rubbing your nose in a pile of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and he didn't just kill you before because uh, Caesar made him make a promise not to kill any uh, couriers because they could be secret frumentari. And uh, since he's so wrapped up in symbols and stuff, he kept that right. that promise. Um, so you get to the high road here. Um, you take <laughs> it. And this is uh, has some marked men in it, but mostly it's death claws. Right. Uh, here. There's a really notable encounter where you go inside a, a bus and uh, you get the treasure inside there and, and two death claws run up <laughs> to you. Uh, which I, I had a great time with this because oh, it yeah. was super hard. So I ended up having to like get up on the bus and kind of perch out like a sniper mm-hmm. and then wait, you know, for the death claws to wander in my way and then try to cripple their legs. And uh, yeah. it was this was really fun. Yeah. There's also a place called like the uh, the Raven's Nest or whatever, um, where you can yeah. get up there and snipe some stuff uh, from far away. Uh, this is uh, that, that's one of uh, his uh, his resting places. Yes. That's where you can yeah. find one of his uh, one of his audio logs. Um, this this place is also so like it's the high road, but like it's a bunch of like highway interchanges. So you're like running along uh, like highway bridges and overpasses and stuff like that. Um, you mm-hmm. can also like you know, the way that I dealt with this is I, I uh, lured a bunch of death claws by one of the warheads before I detonated it and mm-hmm. like just, you know, banked on me being able to survive the explosion more than more than they did. Yeah. 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 Um, um, eventually you get to the Ashton missile missile silo. Yes. There. Um, and this is a place where, like, it forces you into doing something shitty by launching uh, this nuclear missile to break the lockdown. Yes, uh, which which will allow you to get into the base. Um, and this is this is a little heavy handed, I think. Yep. Um, you know, making you do this, but it's OK. Uh, <laughs> and then they, after you do so, it's a, the game says, like, hey, you can go to the, the courier's mile, uh, which is where <laughs> you just did that. You piece of shit. Like, it's a, it's a little bit like the game rubbing my nose in it doesn't feel as good as Ulysses doing it because. Mm. Ulysses doing it, it's like part of the game and part of the challenge is realizing like he's kind of a yeah. full of shit. I'd rather blame a character that the uh, the, the de- designers created for this than, you than know. Than the designers. Than, than the designers, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but you you go in there eventually. Um, we get a little bit more about uh, Eddie, uh, his escape, yeah. um, where Whitley says like, hey, we can't keep torturing these things while they feel pain. And he sends mm-hmm. you off to Navarro, which is uh, the, where the climax of Fallout 2 takes place. Right. Yeah. And uh, like that is his journey. Like, he, you know, yes. we're going to see like all the places that he stopped by, you know, later on as we hear the, you know, the other radio logs, uh, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, there's this elevator uh, battle against the uh, the tunnelers on this kind of like mine elevator, uh, like Half-Life mm-hmm. 1 um, against these guys. Vermicular. Yeah, yeah. funicular. I yeah. love that word. That is a great word. Yeah. Um, as you kind of like ride down into the silo um, and eventually get to the roof of this Ashen office building where Ulysses, uh, you know, tells you like, hey, you carried this package from the West that activated these silos, killing everyone here. Right. Um, you've walked the West just as I've walked the East. We've learned different lessons. Dog, like, like imagine Brayton's character showing up here. It's like, what, what lesson have I learned? Like, I'm just, uh, like, I mean, I can't, don't know exactly where it's going to fall. What do you mean Brayton's character? I mean Brayton Cameron as a person. No, okay. I mean, so in the next episode, there's going to be a little, we do a mod. Thing. Right. And okay. Brayton talks about how he plays this game. I just referred to something that happened in the past in real life. That's the future for listeners. Right, yeah. Um, where he just kind of plays it as a maniac who, like, goes in with a sledgehammer kills people and becomes immune to bullets because he's eating them too fast. Right. And then just to have Ulysses be like, what lessons have you learned? You know, it's like, it is uh, like, get off it, buddy. <laughs> like, go shove it. Um, yeah. it's, it's asking for a thoughtfulness that I don't think is warranted. 
<laughs> which is which sucks because like i want to think that you know a little bit of me goes into the choices that i make when i'm playing just kind of like my first go through of these but it's like i just i don't feel as bad as you want me to feel no i i never i never quite did and again i think that says more about ulysses than i don't think it's a game pro or a game problem necessarily i think it's mm-hmm. the, that's the character and right. that's his his kind of point you know when you run into people who talk about honor like in real life jesus again you know pure, like purity is poison <laughs> yeah it is it is the worst like it, it's like the people on facebook who are just like you know Oh, when somebody you thought was your friend backstabs you, uh, we, I used to think that honor had a place in this world and yeah. go to hell. Like you are not in like Game of Thrones. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, you what care the about person didn't living... call you back in time. You know, what what could possibly somebody have done to stab you in the back? That's just I mean, that's just borderline personality disorder. <laughs> it is super super tedious yeah no like uh, if, you, if you value living things then you should blame the parents for the gorilla that was killed if, yeah go to you complications yeah, is, happen yeah like it, it is just this weird way of talking like you are in uh like like medieval times yeah you know like talking like a story that just it, it glosses over any of reality yeah you know like the kind of shades that have shade that happens in reality that just drives me up the wall it just it like it runs counter to grace you know like <laughs> at the very least you want to be a gracious person and extend i just don't know like i just the the, the mission of that which is to be like i want to be this paragon of humanity like that it, that just runs so counter to my idea of what it yeah. means you know like to just uh just to be a functional a functional and you know just kind of i don't know likable is the wrong word but just kind of like just somebody who kind. can yeah kind there we go yeah, kindness over honor yeah <laughs> um anyway uh you continue to move through you get to this kind of building set piece these office buildings uh you had to move through uh blah blah bloop um <laughs> you get a little bit more about eddie um a kid finds him and takes him in mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty cute yeah um yeah. And you can we, talk uh, to Eddie and like say like, oh, like they really seem to care for you and so on. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. And Eddie makes little, it's like exposition noises. Mm-hmm. Is that the subtitle that comes up? Yeah. Did you have subtitles on? Yeah. It's so good. Exposition noises. Um, it's so cute. Like concern <sighs> noises, humorous noises and things like that. Like Eddie oh, is so well man. personified in this. Oh man. Gary loves BPD too. I... <laughs> Gary loves BB and BBD too. Well, oh, is that, oh, is that the BB-8 Eddie? Yeah. 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 Event? Okay. Um, that makes sense. BB-8's <laughs> uh, a piece of shit. <laughs> I don't. I don't actually necessarily think that. I just think it's. Funny. No, it's just funny to make you say. Like I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, um, but like Eddie gets so expository noises is one of my favorite things that's popped up on here. That's one of the funniest jokes in, in this game. Yeah. Um, and like Eddie is is so wonderful in this. Yeah. Oh, he's great. Um, yeah. yeah. Like just of all the NPCs to get like you know basically what what amounts to cosmic implications? Yeah, <laughs> Eddie's he's he's super great. Yeah. Also, we didn't really mention this, but you're going around getting upgraded things for Eddie, right? Um, that he takes back to the Mojave, right? So it makes Eddie and the Mojave a better companion, which is super cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, going through buildings, going through these underground tunnels, fighting some some tunnelers down there. Uh, combat, combat, combat. <laughs> you fight a um, you fight a Deathclaw and Ambrar. <laughs> Well, that, that's actually a super cool encounter. Oh, yeah. Uh, because you go in there and you find um, a log of an NCR trooper that is trapped. And you, this is audio log of him being trapped in here and there's a death claw. After you go past that point, the uh, it collapses. Mm-hmm. The tunnel collapses behind you. So you're trapped in this cage with this, this death claw. <laughs> um, and the uh, you've gotten, I think you either get it from this person or you had it before, um, a flare gun. And the flare gun in this game doesn't do any damage. It sets things on fire, which doesn't do very much damage, but it makes abominations run away. Hmm. 
so uh, you know, playing on super hard and being trapped in a cage with a death claw because all the other death claws I fought by being really mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, you can just kind of set him on fire over and over to get through it, and it's really tense hmm. um, to uh, to k- take him down. Yeah, I um, feel I feel kind of uh, like I got cheated out because I lured him out and fought him outside. Oh, okay. so he didn't spawn for me. Oh, wow. until I got in there, I thought that was scripted. Hmm. Um, might be flaggy waggy. Um, but there's a, if you kill him and take his hand, you can get a recipe to make the fist of Roar. And then if you have the wild waste, wasteland, you make fist of the North Roar. Uh, so it's so good. It's pretty good. Wow. Funny, funny jokes in this game. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this is kind of like the big last arena before you get to, uh, to Ulysses temple. Yes. Well, right before this, he took Eddie from you. Right. Uh, yeah. He makes he makes Eddie. Uh, he reprograms Eddie because uh, Eddie has been opening doors for you this whole time. Right. And uh, you you brought him to him in within his range so he can reprogram him. And then you have to you know you, it's optional whether mm-hmm. you go get Eddie back. But of course you do because like <laughs> the game does a really good job of making you care about Eddie not just because they characterize him but also because it's you and him versus the world. Right. In this place, it's so hostile that like any any port in the storm, you know. Yeah, he, he's your only friend. Like you know. Most of the previous, I guess, uh, Old World Blues didn't have really many companions. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is like, oh, it's like it is you and him against the world. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you go into that temple, you get Eddie back because um, if you're a decent person <laughs> and then you, you make your way down to the bottom where you this really awesome set piece where Ulysses is standing in front of a nuke. I was <laughs> back to you with his cool American flag, 13 star American flag on his I, back. I wish that his duster had sleeves. Okay. <laughs> Because I was thinking, you know, like, I'm a light armor guy, and, like, I got the Sierra Madre armor, and that is, like, the best armor in the game. And I was like, man, I want that armor so bad, but it doesn't have sleeves. No! Mac, why'd you do that? Cool. Yeah. Helios one's out, gun's out. Like... <laughs> 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 but, but even even like the you know just the the armor that he gives me that has uh the ncr flag on it like still doesn't have sleeves come on ulysses come on yeah. i i cannot i can't wear a sleeveless shirt I, I, <laughs> well, I mean just like that, that that's that. a defect on my part you know like if i had the body to wear sleeveless i would wear sleeveless you know i, I still think it looks dorky even well, it looks dorky coffee, but like just... it looks super dorky <laughs> When I was in eighth grade, I used to wear sleeveless shirts. I had this Beavis and Butthead shirt that I had, like, cut the sleeves off myself mm-hmm. when I was, like, a little piece of shit eighth grader. It's like, <laughs> God, if I could find a picture of me in that shirt, it'd be the most just, embarrassing thing I could like, see. It, it still looks dorky, but, like, you know, if you have, like, if, you're, if your arms are good enough, it doesn't matter, you know? Like, well, it's better than not. It's better than, like, putting my arms out there. I mean, my arms are actually kind of svelte. I carry all my weight in my gut. Uh, my arms and legs look like, like a much smaller man's arms and legs. Mm. Um, but the, uh, not to say that I'm not a... a chub boy like it's all <laughs> like it's all my my front yeah um but the uh my arms and legs look like yeah. a, from a smaller man <laughs> it is like you know you, so so this is important because you've been hearing him through the uh you know through eddie and he's got this kind of deep flat voice talking mm-hmm. to you like bane um and uh you walk up to him and he's got this you know oxygen mask on his face and he's wearing this sleeveless duster <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just can't all laugh at it. Yeah, it's, real, it's real goofy. It's <laughs> just like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know what decision they could have made that would make him less kind of like goofy looking. Um, not sleeves? Um, like, yeah, add sleeves. There we go. I think adding yeah. sleeves would have been enough. Like his, the uh, his, his face is, his whole face is a mask, actually. That's yes. why he has a unique character model, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use console codes to, like, find it. Yeah. Um, you, can, you can't put it on, but you can find his weird face <laughs> um so this is a classic you know this is a fallout boss 
Mm-hmm. Um, you can talk to them, and you get the options. One of the things I really like about Lonesome Road, which I, I mean, it's not my favorite of the DLCs, you know, but it's it's probably my third favorite. And it's a, the yeah, it's a I, solid third. Yeah, it's you know, it it's pretty good still. And one of the things I like about it is the way that the nonviolent. It's not just about being smart enough or having a high enough speech check. No. It's about what you've done and how you've interacted with the world. Yeah, I mean, so like, similar to to talking the master out of things. Mm-hmm. You, uh, I mean, like you, you've said this in other places, but like it, it is an ideological victory. Yes, you can say like you know, hey, uh, you can either use his past against him from the uh, the audio logs you found. You can also, uh, if you've done, if you have high enough reputation in Vegas, you can be like, no, Vegas is the future of this, mm-hmm. and tell him about that. Like this is actually the synthesis that you want. It's right. happening, and you're wasting your time here. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we are making a new nation here. Like yeah, you it, are. Like the the axe that you're grinding is everybody appropriating these old symbols in mm-hmm. order to you know just kind of like basically repeat the same patterns and destroy you know crush everybody else into their boots. Like this is something that you know like will lift us up in a way that you that you know like <laughs> if you believe anything you say, like fucking join me. Yeah. Yeah. You can uh, so you can do that regardless. Of which he had a contingency of leading a bunch of marked men here mm-hmm. to uh, to kill you in case he couldn't. Um, so you either fight with him uh, or you fight him and the marked men. Right. Um, fighting him, I tried doing both. Fighting him is the hardest fight in the game. It's so hard. He like his his uh, damage resistance is like twice as much as uh, Legate Linius. Yeah, yeah. And he cannot be crippled. He cannot be stunned. Like you can't do anything to him you just have to whittle him down right um it's really really hard while you're fighting these uh marked men mm-hmm. and stuff but you can you can prepare the arena you can leave mines and stuff yeah and uh, you can actually go and reprogram his medical eye bots those are the things uh, he has these medical eye bots that fly around and shoot you mm-hmm. one of which will heal him uh you can reprogram those to work for you as well using these consoles that are kind of in the, the lower level right of this um after you eventually do this really big kind of hard combat thing um he either leaves with you like he says, I'll, I'll meet you near the entrance, mm-hmm. or he's dead. Um, but then he set off this nuke. This nuke is going to to go off. Right. So you get this kind of cool choice where you can either uh, use Eddie will sacrifice himself to stop the launch, mm-hmm. and uh, it's very emotional, but also like you're not the real Eddie, <laughs> right? Like, it's gonna yeah. like there are like multiple copies of you, and that's where like yeah. I momentarily felt the pain. Like no, Eddie, I, like we're gonna get out of this together, little buddy. Yeah. Um, it's like no, like I, I know where you're at like yeah. elsewhere so like i mean it's kind of not a choice well you can also i mean if you want that a to live or if you just want to nuke somebody you can nuke mm-hmm. um like uh you can nuke either a, a legion camp mm-hmm. or a ncr camp now since this came out well after the main game they're not camps that we know about they're new camps that get added to the world right um or you can do both which is what i did because i don't like either of those guys <laughs> um so you you lose a lot of karma and get two new places to explore that are kind of cool Mm-hmm. Um, they are radioactive wastelands full of ghouls and high-level loot. Oh shit! And stuff. Yeah. Um, like, but, and, and those can... are like challenge dungeons. It's like the Long Fifteen and something else, right? Yeah, the Long Fifteen, and then one of the the camps. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. And, and that was part of uh, Ulysses' strategy, which was to uh, like cut off the supply lines for either of them. Yes. Yeah. Those, those are the supply supply areas. The way they're leaving the Long Fifteen, you get to from going through uh, the Mojave Outpost. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, so you do either any of those things, regardless of which you get the same perk, you get this, uh, like a stat bonus. Right. Because you've having done this, um, regardless of what happens. Yeah. And then, uh, eventually you get to, uh, you find Ulysses and he is at Hopeville. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, he gives you all of his stuff and he gives you a, a voice recording. Right. Yeah. 
Yep. Or you find like a like a footlocker outside, like a, yeah. you know, back back in the Mojave, which has you know he made you a custom duster. Um, yeah, into <laughs> uh, your own. Yep. yep. <laughs> oh man, no sleeves. Friendship. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you get that. Uh, for for, for uh, just uh, posterity, I did not nuke anybody. I sacrificed Eddie because uh, nukes are how we got here in the first place. Oh yeah. yeah. I just I just don't like those guys. I want to see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, yeah. There's there's no story content there. There are two kind of uh, big level leaders there that are kind of super powerful ghouls. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on how I mean, they're really hard combat dungeons. So in the interest of content, I did them, but it's the morally wrong thing to do. Yeah. So, but like the, you know, the outro to this, the, uh, the, the ending voiceover says, you know, war, war never changes. Again, we've got our, uh, our, our good buddy, Gary Oldman here, um, yeah. saying, you know, you know, but even though war never changes, men do, you know, through the roads they walk. Um, and this road has reached its end, which is funny because like, you know, when you go do the Hoover dam, like that's the end of the game. So like this you know you know doing this incredibly late game content makes the main conflict of new vegas an afterthought yeah <laughs> i mean kind of like it's still those forces are still around like, they that's are still what the game is about this is like it's a, like it's it's almost like a separate ending True. Like, that that was the end of the that's the end of the mojave story this is the ending of your story right you know as you kind of learning this thing about your past coming to terms with it mm-hmm. because even though ulysses is full of shit <laughs> him posing the question still you have to define how you react to it right and it's just like do you know do, do you take responsibility for this and like i can see an argument that says like okay you go into this dlc and it says you should feel bad for this thing that you did before you even knew this game existed right well, it's not, i don't think it's saying you should i think ulysses is saying that i think the game is saying hey you did this thing do you feel bad okay like how do you want to role play it yeah you know, because yeah. all of the choices you have in response to that, yeah. like you can role play it a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It just like, uh, so, so I guess when I say that, I mean like Ulysses' voice is the strongest at that point. Mm, yeah. And like, I can see a lot of people like reacting like negatively to that, which is like, oh, I'm, I'm in my own career. And like anything that happens before that is not something that like, it's not a choice that I made, you know? Yeah. But it's like, no, like, you know, you were a courier before this began and in your runnings back and forth, there may have been any number of possible outcomes, you know, that you were not aware of. And here is just, you know, the way that the wasteland is marked by your passage. Yeah. If I have, if I start a character with amnesia, I want there to be something interesting I did mm-hmm. before I have amnesia. Yeah. Like, and, I'm, and I'll go along with it. You know, for me, it is like, I don't necessarily need to feel uh, responsible for it. And that's the, the, the take I took or the. Mm-hmm you know, the take I went with, but I like that it's there. I don't feel like the game is wagging its finger at me. Yeah. I, but then again, like I like games wagging their finger at me. Like that's, you know, spec ops 2016. <laughs> like that's all I want is games to try to make me feel bad. So, yeah. And I, and I agree with you. Like, I think yeah. they're just kind of like, Oh, you know, you are, you know, just anywhere from 18 to, you know, 29 years old and you've done something, you know, their chances are you've done something terrible, mm-hmm. you know, I'm just kind of like, Oh, well in this, in this shitty world, what, you know, like, what is that? Like, that's just a, a common complaint that I've heard. I wanted to make sure we addressed it. Yeah. Yeah. I could see it. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't necessarily agree with it, but that makes sense to me. If, uh, depending on how much you, you react to a game telling you you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's if it's not something you actively seek out, <laughs> uh, like you know, like Hotline Miami and and Spec Ops and, yeah. and things like that, like I, oh. that's what I, I actively want. And also, a game. I mean, like if, for as much as Ulysses argues back, like you know, the game never argues back. Like you, yeah. can, you I still believe myself when I say to Ulysses, like, man, I had no idea, and like, I'm super sorry about it. It's like, oh, sorry is not enough. Like, sorry is kind of gonna have to be enough. 
Well, exactly. It, but the, it's conflu- conflating the fact that it's not enough for Ulysses. I mean, I think I, I tend to think of Ulysses as just like this non-reliable uh, narrator. You know, mm-hmm. like we're meant to, again, I think we're think, supposed to think he's kind of full of shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, with some of that stuff. Like he, he's some of the themes he talks about are actually resonant and related to Fallout. Mm-hmm. But he's taking it too far. He's representing that idea. Yeah. Pushed to its illogical conclusion. Yeah. And you know? even though I know he's full of shit, I still want to make people happy. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah. that's that's where I'm coming from. And that's the insecurity that I'm bringing to it. But like. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I can see it. Like, it's not. Uh, I wonder if the fact that, like, I seek that out. Because it's not like when games tell me I'm doing great, I like it either. Mm-hmm. But I, I neither of which do I think I am bad or good based on my decisions in a game. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. like, like. It's not like a test. Actually, they're, actually, they're not related. <laughs> um, you know, like, it is. Uh, they have nothing to do with each other. Uh-huh. Like, whether it's me. You right. know, it's, it's, it's a role-playing game. Like, I'm playing a character. Like. You know, it's a game of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's very easy for me to do that buy-in. Maybe it is not as easy for everyone else. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. I'm not saying that's shitty. Yeah. But it's very easy for me to be like, no, my version of the courier has this response, but that has no real bearing on Gary Butterfield. Right. You know, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Regardless, like, yeah. The, like the best ending for Ulysses is that, you know, he lives and he ends up walking the divide, kind of trying to make things right. Yeah. Yeah, which is what he probably should have done in the first place, rather than create this like Rube Goldberg esque like <laughs> trap for you. <laughs> right. So, like Lonesome Road, um, it's it's kind of the most divisive of the ones that I've seen. Like people generally think that Honest Hearts is bad, and I agree with yeah. them. And you know, like Dead Money, like you can either like take it or leave it in terms of like whether or not the mechanics are there. I like the thematic stuff in Lonesome Road, and I'm down for, like, a long, protracted combat dungeon. I think that it passes in and out of tedium enough for me to be like, oh, like, this this kind of supports what, you know, the theme is trying to, like, drag me through. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I dig it. Like, I like Lonesome Road. Uh, Lonesome Road. I went into it expecting it to be another Honest Hearts, and I was kind of pleased, you know, by the, by the, by the challenge of it um, in a way that kind of resonated. Yeah, I like it a lot, too. Yeah, like I, I this is actually the only the uh, the second time I've played it. Mm-hmm. Um, think, put that like I played Lonesome Road twice. I played Honest Hearts three times. <laughs> um, the uh, this is the only second time I played it, and I I do really like it as somebody who slightly more than tolerates the the combat engine right in this game and enjoys like the weird meta game of using all of your chems and your abilities to your maximum potential to kind of stack the odds in your favor. Like I dig it. Mm-hmm. This was the first time I played it. I think I remember the first time I went through it, taking Ulysses kind of more seriously mm-hmm. and buying into that symbolism stuff, probably because I was a younger person yeah. uh, than I am now. And then now seeing it as just kind of like, oh, this is just uh, kind of a shitty philosophy student uh, <laughs> made me kind of appreciate it in a different way yeah. as well. I don't know how much of that is intentional, but that's mm-hmm. kind of just my read on it. Yeah. Um, and this is so my I, first time through it. This is my first time through Honest Hearts and through Lonesome Road. Yeah. Um, and I, I grew to like it a, a, lot, a lot as well. Um, the one I most hear divisive is Dead Money. Like, I hear a lot of people who hate Dead Money. Hmm. Um, but I also hear people who like it. And people are generally a little bit more positive on Lonesome Road, just in my rep- my seeings of reputation. Mm-hmm. Um, but most people agree on, on Old World Blues as being pretty top of the pops. And just it's it's kind of like you know just those two middle places kind of switching. I mean, you know, it's not, yeah. yeah. I mean, and ultimately, like that 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 can take it early. But I think old old world blues is kind of like universally good rep- reputation. Kind of speaks mm-hmm. to the strengths of New Vegas as a whole, which you know yeah. we talked about it last time. You know, in the last session with the first two parts of this uh, kind of series, um, that writing matters. 
you know, yeah. just theme Uberalis a little bit, you know, like the gameplay still needs to be there. And the gameplay is kind of this, you know, tapioca or this uh, tilapia that takes on whatever else is next to it. You know, yeah. but yeah, like the gameplay is not it's not like it's, it gains a lot from not being bad. Right. It's <laughs> like it's not like there's it's not terrible. It's just not particularly like Gamebryo is not a great combat engine, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's just uh, kind of how it is. But it's not egregious. It's not, you know, X-Men for the NES. Like it's not. <laughs> it's just not particularly good. Yeah. But it can um, be heightened by what is stacked up, you know, <laughs> like how it's skinned or what's stacked on top of it. You know, right. like and, and that's where that's where it gets that's where it gets good. Yeah. And that's why. You know, that's why this is a good game, and I don't think Fallout 3 is as good. Yeah. Um, you know, just, and I'm not doing that to beat up on Fallout 3. I'm saying this is very much the difference that takes that same combat engine, more yeah. or less. It exemplifies and, it, you know? Yeah. Like, it, it takes it there and puts it on top of it. Like, you know, said. each of these, you know, four things, you know, these four DLC packs is six hours of kind of okay stuff. Like, you know, even if you jettison uh, Honest Hearts from that, that's 18 hours of, you know, really good Fallout content that feels in the spirit of the series yeah. you know yeah yeah it is uh it's really good i'm really glad we did this game uh it is one of my favorite games and one of the mm-hmm. best games of that generation i think yeah um it is it is so unreasonably strong <laughs> um kind of all around yeah. and uh yeah and it just it's it's uh it's been very uh it's been very fun to revisit yeah i guess that's all that's all i got for that yeah no i agree i think that yeah. uh this is uh this is wonderful yeah it is it is up there with the uh, with games we've done for the show, and I'm I'm glad we were able to give it the time that mm-hmm. it needed. I'm glad we didn't end up going with that old World Blues yeah. plan mm-hmm. um, and just doing that because uh, the whole thing on you know there were pleasures to find in revisiting it for sure. Um, yeah, and thanks for uh, thanks for sitting through this, yeah. guys. Like however many <laughs> hours this ends up being in the end, um, you yeah. know, eight. Uh, <laughs> you know, thank, thanks for that because yeah. it is uh, it is a lot to sit through, and I'm glad yeah. you guys enjoyed it. I'm glad the response has been good. Yeah. Heartache number one was when you left me I never knew I could hurt this way And heartache number two was when you came back again You came back but never meant to stay yeah, what are we? Uh, what are we doing next time, Cole? Well, Gary, next time we're doing a, a little bit of a break um, in terms of game length. We are playing the uh, the Day of the Tentacle, um, which is a LucasArts adventure game, kind of them at the height of their powers. Um, uh, it is available uh, recently uh, with a remake on a bunch of systems: PC, Mac, uh, I think PS3, PS4, and the Vita as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it is readily available in a way that it has not been. Um, for many, many years. Um, I enjoy it. I'm looking forward to talking about kind of this classic adventure game kind of thing. And uh, we're looking forward to having you along with it. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about with it being a break. Like, I'm on hour 32, and I still have not. Um, <laughs> like, um, I beat it in a day, Gary. <laughs> well, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I just don't. I just, I, I can't, I just can't do it. Um, yeah, yeah, I like it too. I don't want this to to be. I don't want to spoil any cast or anything. I liked it more when I first played it. Oh yeah, than me too. Going back on it, like it is, that's, uh, that's it's mean. not without its problems. I mean, like, it's racist grandpa problem, right? Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's it's adventure gamey stuff, and then just the, uh, it's not my, uh, this is not my favorite LucasArts game, mm-hmm. but it is, uh, it is, it's fun. Yep. Um, after that, we are doing Deus Ex: Invisible War. Yep. Um, which uh, I have beat because I'm getting ahead because I'm going on some some travel. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Uh, give yourself some bonus patience at the end of Invisible War. Uh, try to try to save some of some goodwill or patience for the end because uh, 
I still am kind of a, a defender of that game as being the person who likes PC game sequels that nobody likes. But like, yep. boy, the ending of that's pretty rough. <laughs> uh, so hang in there buddy yep. hang in there champ <laughs> <laughs> well you know i try and take a dispassionate uh approach to a lot of these things yeah, yeah. Are, have you started yet no no not yet can i give you a a, a tip that please will make do yeah uh, uh don't um there are no skills in deus ex invisible war there are okay. mods instead um don't neglect melee okay so get a good melee weapon learn how to like kind of use it okay uh, it will help you a lot yeah um in the end listeners if you're playing along do that as well yeah, and th that all comes from the fact that there's universal ammo, and like you can run out of ammo pretty easily in the game mm. uh, near the end, so it becomes a uh, kind of bummer. So having a melee, there's a really overpowered melee weapon you can get, but even doing a good melee weapon before that uh, will make a big difference. Okay, I think. Yeah, um, it did for me. Okay, um, yeah. Thank, thank you for the tip. Yeah, um, no problem. After that. Um, mm -hmm. There's going to be uh, so we're going to be doing two rhythm games. Uh, we've already put out a poll um, for that. We're going to announce the winner during the day of the tentacle episode. Hey, this is Cole with a preemptive correction. Uh, we changed the games that were on the poll due to uh, due to some technical difficulties with one particular game, which you will notice. I'm keeping this part in uh, just because of the uh, uh, funny goof that comes after it. But uh, yeah, the actual poll uh, entrants have changed. Uh, go to Patreon to check that out. Okay, now on to this outdated but still kind of funny thing. Um, but uh, the kind of entrance in that are uh, Parappa the Rapper, mm -hmm. um, Rhythm Heaven, uh, mm -hmm. Elite Beat Agents, or Rez. Yes. So we're doing two, again, like the Brawler episode. Mm -hmm. um, I like how you said Parappa the Rapper. Uh, like did the I? Idea of, like, the pro yeah, like the proper version of I think I think that like that that's kind of like a weird accent thing where a word that ends in A, I'll put a slight R on it, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that means <laughs> I'm not going to feel self-conscious about it. It's fine. Oh. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter if you meant it. Like, I still feel self-conscious about it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm just fucking with you, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's okay, man. Malfrophisms <laughs> are, are where we get, like, 90% of our juice. I suppose. Um, the, um, like, that's, that's where a lot of stuff comes from. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that, too. That's actually going to be the breezy break, um, mm -hmm. as I... Uh, you know, as explained with the other tentacle. Um, after that is, I think, is that our summer RPG? Yes, it is. We yeah. are progressing like 2016. It's a fucking ghost, man. Yeah. Do we uh, do we want to say what that is? Or do we want to wait? No, let's go for it, man. Okay. Uh, yeah. So after that, uh, big summer JRPG is Fantasy Star 4. Yeah. Um, so... Some people guessed, even though I ran many uh, guessing as a guessing lad uh, in, <laughs> in, in, in a guessing, uh, guessing game in a guessing do, land. Do you want to live in wealth or stealth? Um, yeah, or fame. Uh, you play along with my guessing game. Um, several people lost the guessing game. Uh, lots of good guesses. Yep. Uh, things that we'll probably do at some point down the road. But this year we we're doing Fantasy Star 4, um, which I'm super excited about. It's been forever since we've done a Genesis game. Mm -hmm. um, and this being the kind of like, if you were a Sega Trash person, this was your Final <laughs> Fantasy. Game. And it's a great game. Like this never gets when people talk about Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy 6 and stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, they never bring out Fantasy Star 4, but this is maybe not quite as good, but is a really excellent 16-bit RPG. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's been a while since we've uh, dipped back uh, to this <laughs> era for especially yep. like a big long game like that. Usually it's been uh, something like Demon's Crest or whatever. Um, I've never played um, really any Fantasy Star game at length aside from like PSO. Um, so this is going to be exciting. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you to uh, to give it a shot because yeah. it is uh, it's really good. Yeah, it's an and era. And out of all the ones like... 
two is awesome too, but two is a little bit primitive and three is mm-hmm. not very good. Yeah. So this is the one to do. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be on the Mario, uh, pa- sorry, the Paper Mario plan, where it's going to be an episode, episode, episode. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So two episodes and then one episode. Um, so if you have anything to say about any of those games, um, other than the rhythm games, because we don't know which ones will win yet, mm-hmm. uh, hit us up at duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Um, do it there. It is mm-hmm. uh, every once in a while someone will send us something on the Facebook group or uh, yes. Twitter. Um, yeah. I've been kind of gently smacking their hands uh, <laughs> when they do that because it just it's much easier for us if they're all in the same place. Yeah, honestly, it is like uh, people leave uh, <laughs> comments on the calls for responses. Really, I put the link in there specifically because it is, you know, like easier for us to grab it from that. And it's um, just that we're less likely to miss it. Right. So like if you want it read, uh, the best place is to go to that contact form. Right. So, uh, not no, to be a bear, just because it. No, makes no, it like we, you know, we 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 want to read your cool stuff because you guys shed different light on things that we otherwise wouldn't have seen, um, <laughs> and just we want it to be as uh, easy as possible to notice and feature your thoughts. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, um, you know, again, make them concise, uh, readable. All those mm-hmm. things are really useful. Yep. Concise, uh, novel, readable. Those are the yes. three the, the the three things we're looking for. Yes. Um, wait, concise, novel, readable. Mm-hmm. How about novel concise readable or the ncr jo- <laughs> there we go up. ncr yeah. yeah join up for the ncr oh, uh, ncr i think you bear. mean the bear yeah, yeah join the bear <laughs> comment today um yeah and if you uh if you like the show uh, the best way to support it would be to go to patreon.com forward slash duck feed tv makes a huge difference uh, really if does. you like this um you know the show is going to stay free we really appreciate you listening no matter what but um it is very nice it lets us uh lets us pay rent Mm-hmm. And also keep doing the show and do live shows. We have live show announcements coming up up the wazoo, mm-hmm. uh, probably in the next couple things. Um, a very exciting thing as well that is in uh, in conjunction with the Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Yes. That we're going to announce. Uh, do you want to do that next episode in case anybody wants to travel? Yeah, let's think about that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it. But we have cool stuff we're announcing, um, mm-hmm. and that's because uh, of Patreon. Yes. Yeah, it gives us the resources to kind of make this the thing we want to, uh, we want to make it, and that is uh, something for you. Yeah, uh, we have expensive audio equipment that does filters and stuff. Uh, it's like <laughs> 99 degrees or 100 degrees here, and I live in an ancient house, um, and it is hotter than anything. So I have three fans on me right now, yep, which and... you cannot hear because of Patreon. Right, and I'm monitoring yep. it. I'm monitoring on my side. You do not hear it. So yeah, yeah, and that is uh, that's fantastic, and it allows me to keep good humor up on our. <laughs> Four and a half of recording today. Yeah, we don't have to like send robots out for like Pepic solve and uh, yes. you know any of that. Yeah, I would be. I would have a very hard time if uh, if I was just fanless at this point. If you can't give directly, or if you are giving directly, another way to do that is uh, duckfeet.tv/tipjar, where you can mm-hmm. uh, buy stuff off of Amazon and uh, gets us a little kickback from that. Yeah, and duckfeet.tv forward slash store has stuff you can buy if you want something in exchange. Yep. Uh, which I understand. I, that sounded dismissive. I didn't mean to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. That's really appreciated. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can tell people about it on Twitter, message boards, things like that. That is, again, appreciated. Yeah. Big thanks all around. I think that's about all. Thank you, everybody, yeah. for uh, tuning in. Next week will be the the uh, the extra episode, and then we're going to be back with the normal stuff. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I hope you guys had a good June. Mm. Uh, <laughs> until next time, uh, what should they do, Cole? What should watch, they watch out for? Watch out for the bear. Watch out for the bear. <laughs>
All right. It's fun to be like right up next to the microphone like yeah. that. I'm just like straight <laughs> up. Like, like Elvis. My tongue is like kind of kissing it right now. I'm kind of like, oh, oh, okay. oh, 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 oh. Cool. ASMR. <laughs>